This is episode 116 of G.I. Chopper! <laughs> <laughs> My name is Steve, and I have a chorus of Looney Tunes backing me up. Introduce yourselves, gents. Paul. Rob. Beautiful. Paul Could have done it better myself, and, you know, professional singer. <laughs> the part where you have to turn around and go, Egon, I mean, Steven, and whatever. <laughs> well, that was a, a, a dominant seventh chord, wasn't it? Very good, Paul. Whoa. Thank you. Hey. Guys. <laughs> We are within spitting distance of Jocon. Like, we're well within this month and a half. Well, or we Paul likes to call it within shitting distance because, oh my god, I'm starting to panic, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting very yeah. fucking real up in here. We're 45 days away. 45 and a half days, basically. As of recording. Mm-hmm. That's uh, not a great deal of faith in my editing skills there, Robbie. <laughs> I said of recording. Yeah, you, know, you don't think I can get this bad boy out uh, within, I don't know, a day? Half a day? Could happen. <laughs> can happen. You were saying, sir. Can I was saying, it's, I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, we... Well, fantastic as I'm referring to our GoFundMe. Um, <laughs> we've been running it since November last year, and we're re- we, December. at this point, are two-thirds. Yeah, December. We, well... 30th of November, but anyway, you know, quibble, quabble. Um, oh, I launched know. it at midnight on December 1st, 2017. <laughs> Don't fight me on this, Rob. I was the one sweating bullets that, you know, that, that it, yeah, took flight. Quibble, quabble. I was like, quibble, quabble. Paul, wear those t-shirt designs. We need them. We're going live. They, we're ready. T-shirt designs are ready. It's... No, no, I'm, I'm talking about me no, he meant of at the December. Time. This is past. Oh, shit. And, that, and that's exactly what I said at the time anyway. That's <laughs> just everything. Yeah. You, you, you're on loop, Paul. <laughs> I am. In five months, in five months we've, we've managed to basically go two-thirds of the way um, to our goal of $7,000, which we need to completely fund our, our trip to the hmm. States. That would put us somewhere over the Pacific, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. We were almost there. They, they're going to kick us out of the airplane and be like, sorry, you can't go any further. And uh, unless you have an extra $50 each, you're not getting parachutes. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're down to the wire. Um, we're basically $2,375 away from fully funding this experience, um, paying for all accommodation as well as tickets for the event um, and also food. Because <laughs> apparently you can't survive two weeks without eating. Mm. Um, we can probably just drink tap water. I think apparently the tap water is pretty good in most of America. But I think I think this is a good time to encourage everyone. Please, please help us out. Um, at this point, we are very excited. Um, and we really want to get there. And we really want to have a cool experience and produce really cool content for everyone. And just to reiterate, there are fantastic reward tiers. Um, $20 and up, you'll get some cool shit, cool stuff from us. But also, everyone wins. I think something that maybe we haven't mentioned before is that, yes, there's fantastic stuff like our prints, our shirts, and our commissions. But anyone who donates will get access to any content that we produce 
related to Dokkan early, as in like before we release it to normal people, well, to you know, to all our fans, <laughs> and and also well, during. So yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so as a special thank you to anyone who's donated, we're gonna we're gonna give you guys anything we we make, which um, we're gonna produce a bunch of different things, um, a couple of podcast videos. Um, we definitely want to do a documentary as well, kind of just talking about everything that, that happened um, while we were in America and getting there and getting back. So anyone who donates any amount, you're going to get access to that. Um, so even if even if you know you, you can't give up your um, petrol money for a week, may, maybe eat less chocolates. Um, it's a suggestion. I mean, I know I'm trying to eat less chocolate. Um, I've actually gone down on of adding sugar to my coffee. I mean, I'm completely out of that, so I'm saving money on that. I'm putting that aside towards buying accessories for my brand new beachhead figure, which I got for super cheap at FanCon, an event that happened recently in Cape Town. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, it was like less than $4, I think. Yeah, no, that's, that's freaking yeah. insane. I mean, the only real problem with him is his broken crotch. But, you know, oh, I'm, I'm sure going to find replacement parts to joke on. You know, that's <laughs> totally going to happen. His, his joke and cock, <laughs> cock crotch. <laughs> Broke crotch. Very I'm going to find a part. I'm going to be able to replace it. The joke. Someone's going to have a screwdriver. I'm going to screw, you know, beachhead wide open and take his crotch out and give him a brand new one so he's tight and ready for the coming years. The good thing, the good thing, the only good news about that is somewhere in a toy box somewhere is a Teela... Or a Shiro figure, or a, a Meg from Bionic Six figure that is very satisfied. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> and, and that is probably how Beachhead's crotch broke because. I think so. I mean, that's the only legitimate way that a toy's crotch would break. <laughs> she kept it as a souvenir. But guys, guys, <laughs> are we just freestyling it tonight, or do we have a topic? No, we do have a topic. I just thought, you know, up ahead, you know, just remind people, hey. You know, if you love us, show us. <laughs> but yes, we do have a topic, actually. We're going to discuss FC, FCC. We're going <laughs> to talk about the FSS 8.0 and do a cool head-to-head and see which is the best of the best of 8.0 of the 12 figures. Ah, but wait, there's more. <laughs> Uh-oh. Donate now and you not only get FSS 8.0... But in this episode, you get G.I. Joeberg's worst G.I. Joe toys ever. <gasps> well, what yeah, sacrilege. This is a listener suggestion. Comes to us from Sean Starliper. Or is it Starliper? Hmm. <laughs> we'll never know. Well, unless he joins us on, a, on a, like a live chat or something sometime. So... We're going to expose some stinkers on this episode. And that, uh, for me, needs to come with a little bit of a... Disclaimer? Disclaimer. (laughs) Friendly disclaimer. (laughs) Thank you, Paul. No problem. This is an extremely subjective topic. Because when you discuss worst toys, okay, every single G.I. Joe toy out there, I'm sure, has got its pundits, its fans. Absolutely. Like, I'm sure there's a kid out there who... Loved the orange on Spearhead. I'm sure there's someone who liked Ice Cream Soldier. So for us <sighs> to talk about worst figures, vehicles, accessories, concepts, whatever, I think 
we need to fully appreciate that these are deep-seated reasons that are specific to us, and we're not out there to piss on someone's favorite toy. No, this isn't an unpopular opinions episode. We've done that. Though, though it might wind up being in any case. What I'm trying to say, Rob, I guess, is I'm very worried that toys that I consider to be the worst, I've picked not because they're objectively bad. God knows there's enough of that in the broad-shouldered, gigantic hands, ugly face sculpt era that was the new sculpt. I mean, those guys are just too easy to take shots at. What I've tried to do mm. are toys that have legitimately disappointed me personally when I thought that they should have been good otherwise. And I know, I know I'm going to step on some toes. So guys, this is just a gigantic disclaimer up front. G.I. Joe toys are fabulous. Even the bad ones are good. I'm out there for the shock value. And the toys that I'm going to nominate are toys that disappointed me personally. Yeah, we're not here to hate even though they're objectively good toys and certainly worthy of, of people's love, uh, these are toys that, that I personally despise. <laughs> but first up, a little bit of levity, a little bit of fun. Since we did this with uh, FSS 7.0, let's do ourselves a little knockout-style bracket on the 12 figures announced for FSS 8.0. Ladies and gentlemen of the audience, if you do have a browser available, please whistle up the recently released images, computer mock-ups of Figure Subscription Service 8.0, and uh, take a gander, because we are going to put them up one against one in order of their release until the last toy is standing. So ah. essentially, the last couple of toys are the ones that you'll really really uh well the ones that gi joburg really really gives their endorsement to and uh since we're lacking a certain californian uh gentleman called <laughs> cujo cujo we have the magical number of three in attendance so everyone gets a vote hip hip hooray. wow our first bracket gentlemen is none other than captain gridiron versus fostral wow this is tough I'm just gonna go with Gridiron because I think he overall looks looks kind of cooler. Like those those guns on the back of Faster are a little bit too much. He's too sci-fi. He's too mask for me, even though I like mask. But the thing is with Faster, there's too much of the original figures. I think, like you can see that that weird paneling on his chest from Blowtorch. Blowtorch, yeah, hot hot broil. Um, <laughs> it's a bit much. No thanks. Yeah, I'm going to second uh, that and say uh, Gridiron, Ooh. definitely. Uh, I feel the um, figure subscription service version of uh, Fast Draw is a little over-designed. He's, he's not greater than the sum of his parts. <laughs> the backpack, everything, is just, it's just it's too identifiable, and it looks like it comes from other figures. It's weird. It's like all the things that make those figures great that he comes from uh, is on him, and he doesn't make them look great. Um, the only thing I will say that's cool about it is that Fast Draw is actually a, an awesome vintage figure, and it, this toy would have greatly benefited from being straight from Hasbro. But for those big fans of Fast Draw who are dying for a modern era version, here he is. But mine is Gridiron. I've got to say, Gridiron's more fun. Plus, you get Gridiron's really amazing gun, and uh, and his football ball. It looks ball. pretty dope. It looks dope. Yeah. 
So, Stephen, what would you have chosen if uh, your vote counted? (laughs) (laughs) Always an amusing position to be in, but uh, it would have been a a sweeping of the field. (laughs) Football reference. Uh, For Gridiron, because first draw, while I I do appreciate appreciate that they've nailed his colouring, I mean, that red and that powder blue are really, really accurate to the original. And the parts, while good, as you say, Paul, are very recognisable. It's definitely Blowtorch's face, or head, as you say, Rob, uh, and chest. And uh, I, I, what looks like the, the, the Iron Grenadier's legs. Isn't that right, Paul? Mm-hmm. That heavy, mm-hmm. heavy gun uh, Iron Grenadier. Yeah, he, you can kind of pick him apart quite easily, whereas Gridiron... Uh, you know, I recognize the parts, but the sum of them looks good and kind of add a more uh, modern, futuristic spin on the classic uh, figure. So he's got padding in places where the, the vintage did not, and mm-hmm. it looks it looks good. Uh, and also, you know, Gridiron's punch is what gets you through the intermediate levels on the G.I. Joe NES game. A for away, bro. When you need to conserve your ammunition, Gridiron's punch is your saving grace. Nice. So he'll punch nice. his way into the end zone. Yeah. <laughs> football reference. What do I know about football? Gridiron <laughs> proceeds. Our next category is the red laser. Versus bulletproof. Hmm. <laughs> Hmm. And I go first on this one. You may. <laughs> Red laser all the way. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Even though it's basically Cobra Commander, but red with an with yeah, anime head. With a different head. Yeah, yeah. But, like, hear me out. So, um, Bulletproof is cool, and I think they've done him very well, and I think the head sculpt is great. And and it's a nice sort of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a nice throwback to a, a 90s a Joe figure, because he's from, from the Battle Corps. I think he's actually part of the DEF, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. The leader. He's just... It's cool. He's like... If you're a big fan of that character, I'm sure he's a major win. But for me, like, action... Uh, I, I, I nearly said action, man. Action Force characters, for me, are always a win. Um, and I think they pulled off the red laser pretty well here. I think the only thing that sucks about it is his big red laser. <laughs> um, yes, Rob, you nailed it. It is Cobra Commander with a different head, and uh, and I'm... I'm actually okay with that. I'm actually totally okay with that. Because this is something that uh, that is unique, you know, in this characterization, you know. Bulletproof mm-hmm. is, is not... Uh, at least that's how I feel. And it so would be I accurate think... to the original toy to call it Cobra Commander with an anime head. That's exactly yeah. what <laughs> the original was. It was a, a red CC with a... You know, some interestingly differently painted details on the the canopy. Uh, I'm going to lean towards uh, Red Laser as well. It just looks so unique. Sorry, JD. Uh, Bulletproof is JD's favorite Joe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, It's it's no slights on the figure. uh, But in the uniqueness scales, you're just... I mean, if you're assuming you're not a fan of Bulletproof... So this doesn't speak to the point zero zero two three recurring percent 
of Joe fans out there who are bulletproof, uh, well, who, who regard bulletproof as a as a top pick. To the majority of us, just the uniqueness of the red laser is is cool, man. A new villain, and he looks hell of a sinister in a very, as you say, anime esque way. Well, I would have gone with bulletproof because I didn't have much experience <laughs> with the action force. Because I think it's a cool interpretation. I wouldn't mind having another kind of ground pounder, as it were. Yeah. But anyway, my vote don't count. It's nice to see that uh, Dodger's head sculpt gets some use. Uh, you know, you slap on a different skin tone and all of a sudden it's a different character. It's wonderful. But mm. not enough to win the round. Hmm. Red Laser proceeds. Oh, man. <laughs> the lucky loser category. <laughs> <laughs> Tan Clutch versus Lieutenant Claymore. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyone wondering where Claymore comes from? <laughs> Rob and I just watched uh, The Traitor Part 2 from the Sunbow cartoon. And uh, it's the guy that that Dusty, when Dusty gets ushered into the ranks of Cobra, he gets command of like a, like a cleaning team. Yeah. Like, that's his, his group. He's, like, ma- maintenance and, I don't know, sanitation. I don't know. They're just busy, like, hosing down Cobra vehicles with uh, chemicals in order to make them He's impervious. like the, the the Finn of, you know, Finn from Force Awakens, Last Jedi. He's the Finn of Cobra. <laughs> oh, cruel fates. And he happens to be African-American. Oh. And he gets chewed up by piranhas. Oh, yeah. He's like, Dusty, you cannot have my command. You're not allowed to take it for, take it away from me. Let's resolve You'll this. You'll have to fight me for it. Yeah, resolve this in like a duel to the death. In the piranha in the pit. Arena. <laughs> but this rendition, you know, he comes with some doodads. He's, uh, full, he's fully equipped. He's looking quite badass. Uh, they've breathed some new character into what was essentially just a black blue shirt. Black and blue. Mm. Uh, yeah. I think I have a claymore. <laughs> you might. No, you have a you have a claymore, but you don't have a claymore. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, what I'm saying is, is like, I'm sure one of my Cobra Troopers is meant to be claymore. Hmm. Anyway, I'll get back to that. I need to double check because. Is it a blue no, shirt with a black with black? You know, a blue shirt with a black face. Yeah, but no, what I'm actually thinking of is the, the blue shirt that they did in the desert camo, um, and it's a, it's an African-American uh, blue shirt in desert wear, so it's not actually Claymore. Mm. I think the character did see action figure form in an exclusive. Was it Tanks for the Memories? I don't know. I'm reaching back in the mists of time, but it has seen an O-ring representation. This would be his first modern era style. Yeah. representation mm. and it's it's not bad guys i mean just looking at the parts it's got uh alley viper legs can't argue with those and a mm, holster attached to the alley viper legs seems to be awkwardly holding that gun um mm. maybe that's mm-hmm. just a mock-up uh but the rest of the torso it's, it's some good parts he looks badass the, the helmet what do you think of the helmet a little awkward <laughs> It's on his head, so I mean, it, it works. It's, it's doing fair. what it has to do. It's like a like he he's uh, Spike with Wiki or 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 Spike's dad, uh, whatever his name. Oh, yeah. is. Spark plug. <laughs> they look like it looks like a, a miner's helmet, minus the lamp. Yeah. 
But what is there to, that anyone has to say about Tan Clutch? Uh, <laughs> can Tan Clutch possibly take this away from Lieutenant Claymore? Certainly. <laughs> oh, Paul. Ch- if, Ch- if you prefer boring. <laughs> you know, like, actually... Someone's going to drive that tan that tan vamp that was released in the modern era. Oh, wait. <laughs> Whoops. Actually, no, I'm going to go with Claymore, and I'll tell you why. I think it's just because, I mean, he, he's not the greatest toy ever made, um, and, and he has got some awkward styling and, and awkward part choices. But he's, um, he's, he's a weird-ass character, like you guys, you know, like we've just discussed. He's, he's an oddball character. He, you, you're never going to get... This is kind of what I feel figure subscription service should be. Um, it should be like bringing out the oddballs. Um, it would be nice if we... You know, anyway, I'm not going to go into that rant. I don't know, but it, Paul. Uh, a lot of people would dispute you on that, that FSS is a way of getting the classic run complete. No, I, I hear you, you know. but like... So it's, it's, try, it's trying to do both. At this point, yeah. Well, I think if I had to choose between these two, uh, these two, my aesthetic uh, preference would probably lean towards Clutch, but the the need to have a weird oddball character would probably win with me going with Old Temur, because we've actually got this Clutch. Um, we've got him basically. He doesn't have the same parts, but I mean, it's essentially the same figure. And it was released. Uh, it was actually released twice. <laughs> um, one was with the the vamp, and the other came with um, the ghost hawk. And technically, <laughs> the one that came with the ghost hawk is lift ticket, but they basically twins. Like they have the same head sculpt. So you know they cut from the same cloth. So if you really need a clutch in your life and you can't get the FSS version, then that's your win. That's that's your in right there. Although I gotta say, Clutch's helmet is pure win. It's definitely worth getting for the helmet alone. Hmm. <laughs> I I really hope the final version isn't so bronze. I really hope they use brown instead of because it always looks like they they're going for like a metallic bronze or metallic copper on the weapons and on his pockets, and that's unnerving. <laughs> or, or 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 pimping. <laughs> yeah. No, Clutch is an, an amazing character. The fact that FSS has to actually do Clutch um, maybe speaks to the fact that fans weren't happy with the original incarnation of him done in the modern era. So I'm always going to have a problem that's, that's, uh, the, that we've never gotten a Clutch that has a stubbly face as opposed to a full beard. Yes. Now, that, 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 that makes a huge difference in my appreciation of the character. Sure, the action figure incarnations have always had a full beard, but that was very nicely differentiated in the comic books when the artists of the time, Trimpy, Vosberg, all depicted him as having a stubbly, scrubby, unshorn face. It looked like a couple of days' worth of growth as opposed to a very manicured, very real, like, uh, deliberate beard. And that, that's a huge character choice. If you're the kind of guy who goes a couple of days before shaving, that's a huge difference to the kind of guy who intentionally grows out a lustrous full beard and, and mm. keeps, keeps that beard in trim. So every clutch that's been released to date has been in that latter category, where clutch, in my mind, should be in the former category of guys that are just like, don't give a shit, you know, take me as I am, 
I didn't shave today, so what? I'm in an elite anti-terrorist organization. I don't have to shave. And I also drink craft beer. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I'm, uh, come now, I'm being facetious. Clutch <laughs> is a whiskey man. And not the top shelf stuff either. I'm talking like the nasty cheap shit. You sure he doesn't drink gin? <laughs> he's an American, damn it. From New Jersey. Oh, no, it sounds to yeah, me no, like you're, you're choosing Claymore as well. By default. Yeah, I'm choosing Claymore because I, I, I think I'm almost choosing it because it's the worst toy in the whole line. <laughs> wow. Well, Paul's uh, getting started on his secondary topic early tonight. Um, I'm going <laughs> to not choose Clutch because I, I can't stand seeing vehicle drivers without appropriate vehicles. If you wanted to have a modern era tan vamp you cannot get it in the danger at the docks two pack or vehicle pack uh that is a sort of digital camo gray version no the yeah. tan version that corresponds with that same vehicle sculpt wasn't it an exclusive yeah it was a, a toys r us exclusive oh uh, well there's your problem i mean what figure did that come with come with still came with it came with flint but in proper colors because the Danger of the Docks came with Flint with grey pants, and um, and then the one that came with the Tan Vamp came with Flint in his Flint colors, like proper mm. Flint colors. So this this figure is purely for the the fraction of us who want our vintage collection completely represented in modern era construction. <laughs> that's mm. the that, that's the, the, those are the GI Joe fans out there that are gnashing at the bit to uh, have a tan clutch. Uh, what were you going to say, Rob? Who were you going to pick? Oh, I was going to say, I was going to choose Claymore because, like, <laughs> clutch just looks boring. It's like it's all the same color, and if I wanted traffic cones, I would kill myself because I don't <laughs> want traffic cones. <laughs> <laughs> you can get them with a Techno Viper. Oh, jeez. Without further ado, uh, Mining Helmet goes through. Gentlemen... <laughs> Greg Blizzard Natale <laughs> versus Payloade <laughs> or Data Viper G.I. Joe Star. Payload. Wow, like Wow, this is quite this is this is gonna be a tough one. No sarcasm. I mean it. <laughs> they're both they're both very cool because they're both kind of like well I mean no, they are specialists. One is a snow character and one is a space character and they both look i think very appropriate for their settings um mm. payload has really i mean that the awesome backpack like a proper helmet his suit looks bulky enough to be a proper spacesuit and he doesn't really come with weapons he comes with what looks like something to help him maneuver in space yeah at least that's uh, how yeah. I, i'm interpreting it payload all the way for me man payload all wow the way. Because in spite wow. of being in a bulky spacesuit, it looks like he's able to bring his arms down to his sides. <laughs> Whereas Blizzard, oh man, your posing options are limited. That that web gear, while while impressive. Oh no, I just noticed that. He's yeah, he's struggling, and uh, I'd be very surprised if you, you could get him to accurately rifle that weapon. Uh, that said, he is a consummate snow trooper. It does divert from the original, the O-ring style, quite a bit. But that figure was mm -hmm. so unique. You're going to battle to find analogous parts within 
the parts bins of the modern era. It just doesn't exist. Blizzard was a kind of showcase figure from 1988, and and that was in a year of showcase figures, like figures that seem to have more going on for them than just like a guy with a backpack and a rifle. Uh, Blizzard was yeah. a play pattern in and of himself, just like Hit and Run was a play pattern in and of himself. Um, just like the next year you had Stalker with his kayak being a play pattern in and of himself, straight off the card. So Blizzard was in that category, and yet, you know, this Blizzard, yeah, it looks like he comes with the gear, but doesn't doesn't this the symphony of it isn't as strong as the original so he'll always be yeah. playing second fiddle to his his counterparts and he doesn't evoke the original as strongly you know you, you're, yeah. not gonna, you're not going to be able to make a tiger force version that has the the leopard print uh, tie <laughs> <laughs> running down the front of his chest uh, so and payload payload while what can be said about this figure he just you know like he will be a far more useful toy in my world than Data Viper ever was because, I don't know, never going to be mad about drone warfare. Uh, space warfare is only a kind of a, a, a marginal improvement on it uh, in terms of like usefulness, but it is an mm-hmm. improvement. Like, this guy looks... He looks like he takes the best elements of anime, you know, Gundam or, or Mecha. Mm. and makes for a cool toy that you can use you know on his own just like questing into the cavernous spaces of the abandoned space station yeah wow <laughs> you've you, well, you've I, sold me on this figure metaphors oh my god <laughs> and the face sculpt looks amazing you can see it under that that, that canopy orange that helmet visor. the orange visor yeah, yeah. so uh, i don't think you're likely to have a removable helmet on blizzard I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I'll be interested to see if it is removable. But it looks pretty molded. I think what uh, shifts me to payload as well, and I, I'm I'm a Blizzard fanboy. I really wish he came with his knife. You know, which he doesn't come with anyway, but I just I really wish he came with a knife as an homage to the video game. <laughs> I just think that they missed out on a great opportunity to try and actually give him his original gear with a modern era peg. I think Blizzard... Steven said it earlier with this uh, wonderful metaphor of the symphony of his parts. But yeah, the, the big thing that's missing for me is his original gear. And I feel that that is one of the things that set, uh, sets Blizzard apart from his other Snow Joe counterparts. And I don't think it would have been a difficult thing to integrate. And also the, with the modern era, uh, modern era toys having such great articulation, he would probably be able to use that sled combination a lot better than his vintage uh, than the than the vintage version at least that's that's my feeling on it so i think like although he's a great i think he's a great figure and i think the figure subscription service did a great job on him payload's going to be my winner all the way the only thing that i'm a little bit like surprised with on payload is why they gave him roadblock's belt if you guys take a look at his belt he's he's belt has actually got those little um they're like holsters for Roadblock's gloves. Roadblock, mm. uh, the movie version of Roadblock comes with these like gun cutter fucking things that can connect to knives and batons and everything. It's actually quite a novel idea. Um, I know I rip it off, but it's actually cool that they tried that. But that belt is unsightly. Like if you don't have any gear on those belts, it looks it looks like it's designed to hold two like knuckle dusters. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> Paul, is it not conceivable he could somehow clip his uh, maneuvering controls? on there so he can you know use his hands 
Ah. See, owning a data, being a fan of and owning a data viper figure, um, that functionality is not there, unfortunately. Um, so I, I do, what you're saying is, uh, that's like an implied thing. And I appreciate that. It's just, I think I've just, I, I've had an issue with that belt system for a long time because it came on, it, it comes with that one roadblock and, um, like I'm not the kind of person to like cut that off a figure. I just, mm. I can't do it. Um, so it is just something that irritates me. It, it's like this like blemish on an otherwise perfect roadblock figure. Um, I'm not, I mean, I'm, it's not enough for me to hate this payload. I think uh, everything that you said about payload is reason enough uh, to why this should be the winner of the two. So, mm. so mm. <laughs> once again, the uh, completely unnecessary vote. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> No, I, I'm with Payload too. I mean, nice. if I wanted a silver base, I would have asked them to make uh, Battle Force 2000 figures, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, this is a figure that you own, Rob. Uh, don't you suppose Blizzard's head sculpt looks a lot more like Cold Front? Oh, shit, yeah, that's what it is. That visor was orange as opposed to blue. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does, actually. It's like mm. they, they were going to do him, and then they did Blizzard instead. Hmm. Yep. You guys missed out. We're definitely not getting a modern era avalanche, that's for sure. Hollow <laughs> as it is, it's not likely to uh, see modern release. Okay, so payload goes through. Uh, next round's an interesting one. Overkill versus recoil. Wow. <laughs> Rob just summed it up perfectly. You can break the ice on this one, Rob. I mean, the, the cool thing is that they both come with, I mean, Recoil, I feel, is pretty accurate. I mean, he comes with that weird double-barreled guy bullshit that the original came with. The gun and he looks, Yes, In, and he looks exceptionally similar to his original version. I mean, I think uh, some fans have complained about the digital camo, but I think it, from a distance it, it works, you from know, for, for the same aesthetic. <laughs> and Overkill comes with so much stuff. I mean, he comes with a Don't tiny little, little like um, electric screw uh, screwdriver, <laughs> you know, kind of unscrews the screws things with that. He comes with two heads. I mean, like the cool metal head, a fake human head, and is that scarf? Is that scarf on his face meant to be fabric, or is it kind of a, a reuse of the beachhead scarf? No, it's the chuckles. It's the one that they use for chuckles. And beachhead, yeah. I think. Oh. Uh, it's yeah. It's not the same one. It's no, similar. It's, no, I don't think it's, it's the but, same but one, it's but it looks similar. very similar. And then, what is the thing he comes with on his base? Is that like a replacement hand? It's uh, I can't make it out in the picture that I have. It's it's very spiky. I think it's like a replacement hand. I think. It could be. Oh, so I don't know. Sci-fi or, or traditional figure? I'm, I'm gonna go sci-fi because this guy looks freaking insane like he's got like that huge thing on his right hand he's nice and shiny and green and he looks crazy like if they can pull this off and make it look good i'm i'm happy for the people who can afford to buy him <laughs> there's a reason he's a ginger gingers are evil Isn't well like i mean he's a robot so he has no soul so <laughs> i went there i went there <laughs> Paul? nothing against gingers What's your where, where's your vote going, bro? Recoil, dude, all the mm, way. Nice. I 
I admire um, Overkill's um, very heavy right hand, right hand sculpt. I, I think that was that's awesome. I love that they did that, and I like the play value that they try to give him. Uh, but just I don't know, just I uh, I just can't. Um, Recoil <laughs> is a favorite vintage of mine, and I think he's very well represented in this uh, figure subscription service version. Uh, with one with one small issue. And I'm sure this is a contentious one amongst our listeners. I think his baby blue weapons would have made him look that much cooler. And I think, what? I think it would it would have made <laughs> him much better or for a greater homage to to an orig- an, a, an already great vintage toy. What? It's one of those things like <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Side Nani. topic. Side topic. Gentlemen, please. To neon or not to neon? Should weapons always be in realistic colorings? Or did you find favor, as Paul has, for the more unusual, <laughs> out of left field, or out of the left vat of plastic that never gets used, well, uh, the, colorings? Well, the interesting thing, though, with Recall's weapons is they're not neon. They're kind of a pale blue. So they're kind yeah. of like in between realistic and unrealistic. Um, did you ever find any rational explanation for that, or did you just not bother and give him someone else's guns? I think I would just end up giving him normal guns, because I think always... Because personally, when the guns aren't real coloured, it makes no sense to me. <laughs> like, I'm not Paul, sure. Paul, what's like, your like... counter? <laughs> okay, so I have a cutoff. So, coloured weapons after, like, 92 are a no-go because those things are like disco weapons. But up till 92, I'm full on for colored weapons. Even Spearhead's Orange Madness, I can actually, I can abide by it because it, it works with the toy. It's, it's kind of homogenous. Like I, I've put realistically colored weapons with recoil and, and, and all that. And it's, it's fine, but it just looks like another dude. But like the gun chuckers being in blue is awesome. And should this be a, like, if you are only going to spend your money on one figure subscription service figure and it happens to be Recoil and you're this big diehard fan, well, here's the good news. You can find all of the blue weapons on eBay. So it's really not like, it's not something that's going to break the figure. I just sort of would have been tongue in cheek, you know, like a, a nice nod. My take on the colorful weapons debate. I have to admit, Recoil, in my memory, is the exception. He is the exceptional case, because no other weapons look right in his hands. And that's ironic, because he's a very realistically colored figure. Greens and browns, cool, uh, would mesh well in any team. But, like, you put a realistically colored weapon in his hands, and all of a sudden, that's not Recoil's gun. He is so incredibly uh, uh, historically linked to those powder blue weapons that like you know I applaud the club or the figure subscription service what is it the G.I. Joe club the collector's club I applaud them for faithfully recreating the accessories even the damn mine case so cool Mm. but to not give it to us in the powder blue hmm I don't know, man. The nostalgia note that it plays is just too hard. If you want to mm. change out for realistic weapons, you're welcome. But, like, 
there's only one color of weapons that scream recoil to me, and that's powder blue. Well, the interesting thing I find actually is um the well, what I think maybe the reason for the powder blue is that they're not actually real weapons. Because according to his file card, a lerp or long range recon patrol soldier who has to use weapons is not a true lerp, quote unquote. So he essentially, I think, goes out there with weapons that don't even function. And he makes sure everyone knows that. <laughs> That's why they're part of blue. So when if if he goes out there with the weapons that look normal, it's like he, he you know, he can't kind of like get that one up on his enemies but by, by being like, Oh, I had weapons, you know, I had that option the whole time. But actually, Recall doesn't have that option and he doesn't need it. <laughs> you just imagine him jumping up with a blue gun and he pulls the trigger and then the gun's like He's like fucking China Mall. <laughs> no, but because he doesn't need it. He doesn't need a weapon. He throws the boomerang gun. <laughs> gun Chaku. I am coining that. Gun Chaku. That's ours. So... That's a G.I. Jobo creation. He also comes with a knife and the claymores, which are realistically coloured. Yeah, but that's like, you know, last resort. You know, that's where he keeps his lunch in the in the in that in that that carry on, and the knife is for cutting up his food. Front towards <laughs> enemy. Exactly. Anyway, um, I'm going with overkill. I believe Paul is going with recoil. Um, Stephen, are you seconding that? For one of us. <laughs> um, recoil is a figure that I I don't think I ever really really completely warmed to. I appreciate him, but. Uh, he's never gonna really have anything that that draws me in, um, blue weapons notwithstanding, and the fact that he <laughs> is, sits in the pulverizer seat <laughs> back at my display at home. I mean, God knows he's got to have guts to do that. Overkill in this presentation is far from my favorite, but it's growing on me because it represents something altogether unique in GI Joe lore. Uh, if if I'm if I'm correct in saying this, uh, I believe he's the reanimated corpse of the Saw Viper. The way they've executed this figure looks terrific. His suit seems to have a biomechanical feel to it. I'm sure you can all conjure up, you know, images of the Borg. They kind of have a a squishiness to them, but they're all pipes and and feeder tubes and protein milk and stuff pulsating underneath there. So that's that's his anatomy that you're looking at right now. And it's rendered in a very cool metallic green, if the, the imagery is is accurate to the figure. Yeah, this guy's just all kinds of fascinating. I love removable parts on a figure. Uh, and he looks like a figure that holds a lot more than just surface appeal. Uh, he'll be a true thrill to pry out of his plastic prison when you get him in hand. Recoil, on the other hand, yeah, he'll shuffle his way onto your kind of your badass G.I. Joe behind enemy lines team, but uh, I don't know. He's got way too much competition there. Also, um, a side note, uh, maybe this, I mean, I, I know that I voted for the other guy, but if you actually look at the artwork for Overkill, for the actual toy, the, the actual packaging artwork, the figure subscription service actually quite nailed it, like in I a lot of ways. I think so too, yeah. 
he's a he's a DTC figure, is he not? The original. Uh, yeah, he's a he's one of those two pack jobbies. Oh, two pack guys. Okay. Is the word looking? Yeah, he's a two pack. He's a spy troop. I will so. always prefer the original incarnation because that's just flippy dippy chippy neon madness uh, right <laughs> up my alley. Love it to death, you know. <laughs> talking talking Can't battle argue. commanders and the the claw hand with the laser mind control device. I mean, come on. Retroy. Retroy. Rats attack. Rats attack. Yeah, so that that's with the pop open chest. I mean, come on, too cool, too much fun to a an eight year old. Yeah, but uh, this this modern overkill uh, gets my vote. He's just too interesting to to ignore. I think he's in danger of probably being my favorite figure in this line. But let me not give the game away too fast because we now have Bushido versus Munisha. Munisha, mm. who? Munisha would be another DTC character, a new character. She's a mercenary in the ranks of Cobra. She uh, works alongside Firefly and uh, <laughs> someone else. Zartan. She is um, quite instrumental in the death of Lady J in um, the Devil's Due run. Ah, Spoilers. Inside. I'm not mistaken. No. That's where I remember her character from. I keep, I keep um, getting a bit confused with her sometimes. But yeah, as far as I know, that's where she's from. That's yeah. how I remember. And she's yeah. also been released before. Um, really, in the she, dark, yeah, she was also know. she was a collector's club exclusive on um, an O-ring DTC style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was one of the, the direct-to-consumer... I think she was in the fourth wave, if uh, Yojo memory, Yojo Fu <laughs> serves me right. Um, <laughs> she's going to trance Bushido simply because new character for me. And, mm. you know, oh, Bushido. He's got no background. Uh, it looks like he's a very nicely presented figure, very true to his original. But, yeah, man. Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow, that's all the ninja I need these days. Sorry. Although I can appreciate um, this uh, Bushido homage, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I don't think it's the best figure ever, and, and, and I don't think it's fair to criticize or to base that too much on these uh, concept illustrations, because I know in the concept illustrations, the helmets tend to look a bit goofball. Um, yeah. Uh, I saw Munisha, and I was like, holy shit, I want that figure. Like, hmm. I didn't even, like, think, like, I didn't even think about her character or anything. I was just like, wow, that's a really great toy. And then I see that she's mostly made out of Helix parts. And that's actually okay, because Helix is a great toy, except for her hands. Yeah, so for Paul, it's Munisha all the way. I... I'm not mad about the design of the head, but it is true to the original figure. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to update it, make it look cooler, and run the risk of pissing people off because it doesn't accurately ape the figure from the O-Ring uh, new sculpt direct-to-consumer era. Hmm. Mm. Questionable choices were made back then. Not all that glitters is gold. <laughs> but, uh, so that's two for Minisha, I believe. Rob, you're yeah, irrelevant Yeah, that's vote. enough. <laughs> oh, I'm also going with Minisha. But she oh. was kind of cool, but I would have liked him to come with more weapons. I mean, it looks like he probably comes with the katana on his back, if I'm reading the, the, the kind of shape behind him correctly. 
Oh, it totally is. He storms Shadow with Bushido's head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Minishu just looks cool. She's like the female, or she's like the Cobra sniper, was it? The 13th, the 14th unremembered Joe original uh, character. Shooter. Oh, and Shooter. Don't, you mean, don't you mean Budo's head? Yeah, sorry, did I say Budo? I mean, yeah, I meant Budo. Sorry. Did you, Bushido you said Budo when you meant Budo. That's correct. <laughs> I know, I said Bushido when I meant Budo. Yes. Yeah. Here at G.I. Joburg, we internally correct because uh, we know we'll get hate mail <laughs> <laughs> if, we, if we get it wrong. Guys, we don't know everything. We, we really don't. We're, we're quite rubbish, actually. That's, that's but we... true, actually. It's just awful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how is it? Was... I like, I like uh, Munich's weapons. I've always have had a fondness for that Firefly's uh, rifle. Uh, to the point mm-hmm. where I actually painted up my neon green one in a flat black, mm-hmm. and that's the sniper rifle that Manisha comes with. It's a frighteningly large gun in her petite arms, it looks like. Mm-hmm. But that's that's okay, man. She She's strong. And the pistol with that, like, dagger pointing off the, the barrel, which, that's just brutal, man. And completely impractical, but why not? And it also comes from her original release. Mm, so, yes, I yeah, do. I do recall. Uh, uh, my my yojo fu is strong. Uh, okay, guys, lightning round to get us to our final. Okay. Here we go. Gridiron versus Red Laser. Oh shit! Red Laser. Gridiron. Mm, red Laser. <sighs> Sorry, <laughs> Gridiron. <laughs> Claymore oh. versus Payload. 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 <laughs> Overkill versus Munisher. 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 Uh, Overkill for me. So, uh, damn it. Overkill. Oh, oh. I, I predicted that he would sweep it all the way to the top. But uh, you guys like the chick more? My goodness. What, what, what about I'm Recoil? Sorry, I like chicks. Recoil died, bro. He died. He was out of there. He lost your overkill. Did he? So now, yeah, he oh, did. Oh, shit, he did. Yeah, me and, that, me and Steven both agreed that overkill was the best. <laughs> Rico okay. is the best figure in the whole fucking line here. <laughs> you should have sold it to us more. I'm going to most highly uh, promote overkill, and both of whom uh, haven't made it to the final. But we've got the semi-final up next, and that's a case of Red Laser versus Payload. Huh. Uh... Um, red laser. <laughs> payload. Oh, guys, this is a three-way final. Sorry, red laser versus payload oh, okay, versus sorry, Munisha. Versus Munisha. Munisha. Okay. okay, so Paul, he's his his winner is Munisha. Yeah. I'm gonna say. Hmm. Damn it. Tough. Feminism or sci-fi. Red laser could be a female. <laughs> oh, oh, I guess I gotta choose payload. <laughs> oh Damn. man, are we gonna make this a three-way tie, or is Stephen gonna choose between payload and Manisha? I I don't think I can uh, hype Red Laser more than payload, just because payload looks like so much more fun. But I am of a more space bent, uh, because that's definitely you, know, I... you definitely bend that way. <laughs> I don't have a Defiant. <laughs> um, I would never use a modern era payload on a Defiant. 
but he is a play, he's a play pattern in and of himself. I mean, he's got a sort oh. of spacefaring gear, um, and that kind of puts him in a category of one. Oh, but Red Laser is just old school cool, man. And if you are at all a fan of the Action Force stuff, this will ring so many nostalgia bells. So it is going to be a three-way split. Bam! Ladies and gentlemen of, uh, of the audience, uh, if you are indeed considering ordering FSS 8.0, know that it is a line full of winners. I, I love these figures, but I most highly love, it would appear, Red Laser and Overkill. Mm. Yep, and Rob loves uh, Payload and uh, Munisha, while Paul recommends... Once. Munisha and Recoil and Payload, if you can get him. Nice. nice. You heard it first on G.I. Joburg. Enjoy a little interlude. We'll be right back. Did you both go with the girl from Ipanema? Yeah. Yeah, well, initially I, I kind of wasn't, but then as I heard what Paul... Well, when I recognized what Paul was doing, I went with... Bob was like, syncopation, imagination. <laughs> you guys are in stink, man. I can't believe your your cycles have lined up, uh, even Absolutely. though you're in different cities. Our periods are like right <laughs> at the same time. I'm going to go to the toilet quickly. <laughs> I'll be right back. Bring, bring us with you. No. <laughs> the ninjas. No, 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 no. I'll be back. Especially with Bushido and his Kusari Gama there. Me, I'm I'm gonna uh, top up my red wine. It's called Ovation Merlot. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I'm not performing, oh. I'm getting some ovations. <laughs> You're getting an ovation. Ha ha ha. Exactly. He's so. drinking red wine, and Robin and I and cycles have lined up. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get some coke. You guys are in the red. Now it's just me, dear listener. Just me and you. Left alone. No Rob. No Paul. Damn. This is awkward. I wish I had more things to say. But I guess I'm no good on my own. G.I. Joburg was never intended to be a solo operation. Hats off to the guys who do it alone. The HCCCs, HCCCs, uh, the Kevin Form BX257s of the world. Hell, even big old Joe Slepsky. He might have a guest every time, but at the end of the day, it's a one-man show. Love you guys. Love your work. But where are my boys? Where are my boys? Okay. Welcome back to part two of episode 127. <laughs> Hold on. Why are you, like, molesting your mic, Rob? Have you finished cuddling up? <laughs> oh, I'm empty now. <laughs> Gentlemen, are you ready to delve into the worst G.I. Joe toys ever produced? In our opinions, yes. <laughs> Once again, one, one must be very careful to reiterate that these are highly opinionated. And in some respects, for me personally, uh, I've gone out of my way to, to, to vent 
in this topic. Toys that should have been better, but really, in my eyes, aren't that great. We've broken it up into categories to make it easier for you guys to uh, keep track of where the hell we are. We're going to do the worst G.I. Joe figure, the worst Cobra figure, the worst surface vehicle, so that includes aquatic or land-based, the worst aircraft, and that includes spacecraft, jets, planes, helicopters. And then our final category is the catch-all category, <laughs> which speaks mainly to uh, the worst miscellaneous G.I. Joe or Cobra item, be it a playset, be it a concept, be it a product, something that just was not good. Who wants to go first? Paul's chair wants to go first. Yeah, sorry guys, just gambled this one. Gamble Woods pulled There's on. no more. Hold on, I just have to show him my hands to show him that there's nothing there. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Good dog. Okay. Uh, Good dog. <laughs> Biltong is dried meat. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? And if you guys are interested, and maybe we can do this for some of our um, contributors, um, if you would Will, like, you we can make a, a small shopping list here in South Africa. Of some South African things that we can bring over to the States. I don't know if we can, um, with customs and things like that, but maybe we can. Probably won't let us take sheep's head. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, you can just say it's for religious purposes. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but maybe maybe we could look into something like. I'm a Satanist. (laughs) We could bring some bulltong and some drivorst and some Omer rusks. And maybe yeah, one or two. Everyone across the world is clamoring for rusks. Oh my word, what? Paul! Dude, you know the thing is, it's a cultural exchange. You know, it, they don't. You know, there's things that that America has that we don't know that we want yet because we haven't tried them yet. I Last sure time I went to America, there was a cultural exchange, and I'm still paying child support. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I'm saying is, I exchange some of my cultures. <laughs> Before, before I experienced the Reese's peanut butter cup, I did not know it. I did not know that such a greatness existed. And then I tried it, and it and it blew me away. So maybe maybe we can blow some people's minds away with some Omar rusks, and we can show them how to how to drink it, how to use them properly, and and some Boltong and things like that. You know, just uh, expand some some horizons. And the proper way has nothing to do with dipping them in a hot drink. It totally does. Dear listener. Omar is Afrikaans for grandmother. And what is a grandma's rusks? <laughs> we'll teach you how to dip your grandmother the proper way. <laughs> but anyway, what is Paul's least favorite when he's like not throwing his phone around to get to his list? My worst G.I. <laughs> Joe figure. Yes, please tell us. It's fucking wild card. Ooh. Hate that toy <laughs> it is and 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 it's not like a situation of a character like a great character you know that has been let down by his toy it's like it just it's just like a an okay character with an okay toy 
And and it's kind of a bummer because when you get a vehicle and you get a vehicle driver, often the vehicle drivers are a great sweet treat that come with your vehicles, not wildcard. So this is and this figure is unique because I have the same kind of take on this as Steve does. Like I don't want to sit here and like piss on any figure in particular, except for this one, because all <laughs> you know. Sometimes toys just let you down. You expect them to be better than they're going to be, and they let you down. But this one, I mean, this one, I just knew it was going to be shit from the get-go. And then they still went and did it again. They reused pretty much the same toy. They just put clothing on him for that that battle copter. And I can't even think of... I think it's Major Altitude. Correct. And, and that will always seem like a more worthy use of that head sculpt. For this oh, very important reason, and it comes back to what I was talking about with Clutch. For a guy like Wildcard, who is accident-prone, whose sleeves have basically torn free from his, his battle dress uniform, and he's lost <laughs> all his buttons, for him to have a very well-manicured moustache seems a little incongruous. It should either mm. be a big-ass woolly beard, or stubble, or bad acne scarring, I don't know, just not a little cutesy tuft, you know, a little cookie duster under his nose. Mm. That's that's bogus, man. But so yeah, Major, that would be... Major Altitude looks like a far more meticulous dude. He's a he's an artist, actually. He's a mm. air, aircraft fuselage artist, if I am recalling Happy his... Cloud. <laughs> recalling his file card correctly. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, that's my my quibble with wild card. Jeez, Paul, you you got us off to a flying start, nailing a vintage era figure. Hmm, how Sorry. dare you? Oh, Sorry. good. No, nothing is sacred in this list. We're, we're out for blood. If wild card offends you so much, he deserves a place in the hall of shame. Robert, what's your least favorite? What is the worst? The most blightiest G.I. Joe figure. <laughs> well, the one that I find exceptionally offensive is uh, is billed as a ranger. Um, but he doesn't look anything like, like a ranger. He doesn't look anything like the original version of himself. He kind of looks like a recoloring of another character, but really badly done. And he's wearing a stupid helmet with, with ridiculous blood. The sunglasses on. Oh, I'm talking wait. about. I'm trying to guess. Uh, uh, sunglasses. Give me another hint. Well, sunglasses, and he comes with a bunch of neon weapons, including. Oh fuck off! It's not um, recording. Bright yellow, oh. including black, bright yellow recoil gun. The the uh, the nun the the nun. The gun chucker. The, 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 the gun chucker. Oh, beachhead. <laughs> Beachhead version two. <laughs> this thing is horrendous. It it makes no sense. It shouldn't be called Beachhead. He looks like a reinterpretation of Shockwave, hmm. but badly done. I somehow feel we've just offended JD Oneasy. <laughs> That's wisey. I I just think it's 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 awful. I mean, like the pack. Packaging kind of the artwork kind of makes him a bit more green, but then you add the blue in, it just looks terrible. He should be green and black, you know, and a bit of brown in there. But they reinvented him wrong. It's so wrong. It just it doesn't work. 
at all for me. And the fact that you can kind of see him smirking through whatever sock puppet he's wearing underneath his helmet and his glasses, he's just, he's like, I don't care if you hate me. I suck. Get get over it. <laughs> but I can't. You can't reconcile this figure. Shit. Even the I, artist could have taken cooler no he couldn't he could he just couldn't he's like shouting but he's like <laughs> shouting you can see his mouth properly but it's covered in the mask i like stole your gun I stole it. <laughs> but he's like shouting with the, with the mask like pulled into his mouth so he's like you know he's like it's look he should have choked to death before he was released it's just terrible <laughs> it's it it's it, doesn't Mercy move the figure forward. It doesn't move. I mean, like I think a good example of reinterpretation of a of a, a, a earlier figure would be Low Light, where you can enjoy the original and the you know the kind of the, the Battlecore era version. Yeah, the Battlecore era version because they're kind of different versions of the character. As well as I think Sci-Fi is another good example where. The original is awesome in Neon, but the reinterpretation of him in the Battlecore area is also very interesting, and it looks mm. more updated. You can be like, yeah, that's an interesting evolution of the character. But this, no. <laughs> and Rob, and, and just for, the, for our listeners who may, be, um, who may be in front of a computer right now and looking at something like yojo.com or something similar to, yeah. to reference this figure, are you referring to version 2? released in 93, yeah. version 3 released in 94. The only difference being that version 3 can go jogging at night with his yellow <laughs> You s- Okay, that actually makes it worse. I don't even know that one existed. It actually makes it worse. <laughs> it's like it has, bro. They're like, oh, this figure is so bad. We have to recall them all and re-release it with yellow. <laughs> because it, they were like, shit, he's got yellow weapons. It makes no sense. At least the second version ties in why his weapons are yellow. Because his vest is yellow. Uh, no, I hate the 93 version more. Because <laughs> that's the original version. The original <laughs> version too. <laughs> my goodness. It's literally the only version of him that doesn't looks out of place like if you are in yojo and you're looking through all the versions or 17 he's literally the only one him you know two and three from 93 and 94 that does not look like him in any way whatsoever i mean even version eight which i think is kind of like a tiger force version uh it still kind of looks like him though yeah yes because it's the same sculpt but it looks closer he's awesome He's, oh. he's dope. I think he's pretty cool. But anyway, I, I've been going on for too long. Stephen, what what Joe figure uh, gave you a wedgie? <laughs> I, I mean, in spite of my my preface, talking about the fact that I'm going to go after uh, perhaps unpopular opinions, but toys that really butt hurt me, um, it's just it's too easy to take shots at the new sculpt era. It's mm. the, the 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 middle child of the GI Joe lineage. It's an awkward phase where Hasbro was producing toys that were fun, but not vintage cool and not super poseable, accurate, like excellent toys. They were just... And weirdly chun- proportioned. They were chunky, durable, colorful 
easy to play with, accessible toys. All of them had concepts. A lot of them were sold as two packs, but they were so very, and this is my favorite term for it, beige. They were beige <laughs> toys. They weren't yeah. excellent toys. They were passable, palatable, fun toys. Hats off to people who've been able to integrate the new sculpt era toys into their current roster of cool toys. I speak mm. specifically about guys like Mike Horsley. I saw you using that new sculpt era Scarlet Head and it <laughs> works, man. He managed to fit it into a body that makes Scarlet look absolutely like combat fatigue ready. Uh, and it's that new sculpt head, that Scarlet that I have that gathers dust at the bottom of a sh bottom of a drawer somewhere. I have my fair share of new sculpt figures. We all do. It's a dirty little secret. Or not so little secret. It's still dirty. So, <laughs> I'm going to open my account in this little game with reference to a new sculpt era figure. Because I think it sums up perfectly, like, what was attempted in the new sculpt era and what just will go down in history as some of the most unmemorable action figures ever produced. And this is a guy called hard drive oh i think i got that i'm sure you got that in a two-pack with a baroness i think baroness in blue she's quite petite weird big shoulders but otherwise a palatable baroness so hard drive has the distinction of being completely indistinct you know he's a computer guy who doesn't really come with much in the way of technology he doesn't have to have a big honking computer he's got a little like a predator side screen that flips out of his wrist. Cool, but that's where the coolness ends. Because this guy, he's just nowhere. Not a removable cap. <laughs> his paint applications seem gloppy and undefined. Like, it's is it possible that the shade of mustard that they use to, to, to pick out his details actually served to dull the details as opposed to enliven them? <laughs> They, it's, mm. just, it's like they used really gloppy paint uh, that was so thick that it actually served to uh, coat the details in a kind of a, a and blunten them instead of sharpening them. Mm. He's got this kind of universal soldier eyepiece over his one eye. He's just like unremarkable and beige and bad and forgettable and not fun in any way. And his name is Hard Drive. I risk my case. And also, his file card makes him sound like the ultimate soldier, but mm. makes him so it makes him so boring at the same time. Okay, Hard Drive did linear equations in his head when he was seven, beat every video game on the market by the age of eight, and hacked his way into defense ministry computers of a major foreign power before the age of ten. At MIT, which he graduated from at eighteen. He held 27 patents and led the wrestling team to two regional championships. The modern infantryman is outfitted with a fighting system that is a complex integration of weapons, optics, communications, and sensors. What holds the system together and makes it work are microprocessors, and hard drive can maintain and repair them in the field. He is also qualified as a small arms armorer, communication specialist, and medic, which makes him capable of fixing any of the fighting system components, including the infantryman. 
quote, combat is the ultimate boss battle. So I like to make sure I have plenty of power-ups on hand in the form of carbs, energy bars, and soda. <laughs> oh, I think you missed something. No, thank you. It has not touched the boob. for <laughs> <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like, 27 patents, you say. Uh, why the hell is he working for the army? Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, well, it, it's it's a uh, it's another entry into the sort of annals of like the ultimate soldiers. I mean, yeah. One of Harmer's greatest uh, penchants were always to build in character fallibilities. Mm. nuances you know little little eccentricities that pick a guy out and, and make him complex you know he can't just do everything and and is the perfect soldier and and you know gets the job done without breaking a sweat holds 27 patents but he still is a medic and a small arms armorer and like can run all your computer systems off his monocle you know like it, it's it is so uninteresting to have these flawless gods among men uh you know. if they're so good why are they in a team gi joe is yeah. a team of people working together to achieve a goal I, why I, I why is this person in a team? team they're a team of the best of the best of the best sure. but you're only as good as your weakest link and knowing what your like top soldiers weaknesses and strengths are is is vital hmm Snake Eyes can't speak. Flint is an egomaniac. Scarlet is an icy bitch. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Low light has PTSD. Yeah, man. Mm. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> That's... No, no, no. That, that, that wasn't uh, true of, of, of Scarlet. She's not frigid at all. She's, uh... She's professional. She's deadly. <laughs> That's such a good euphemism for icy bitch. <laughs> He's professional. Uh, I'm not good at this, guys. Uh, get a bit of booze in the end. Uh, yeah, yeah. Misogynist Steve makes an appearance. Moving on. Our worst, our worst cobra figures. Gentlemen, shall I go first? Yeah, you go. Well, time to get controversial. This is a figure that I had great anticipation for he came in a incredible time for gi joe figures this is probably like the modern era's pinnacle achievement so my hopes were that much enhanced by the fact that he shared pegs with pursuit of cobra beachhead low lights snake eyes stalker and shadow tracker but i wanted this guy to be night viper Turns out he was something. He was he was something else. I refer specifically to Jungle Viper, ladies and gentlemen. Jungle is massive. My least favorite Cobra figure is Jungle Viper, because I just couldn't see the wood for the trees on this one. He's an utterly unplayable figure for me. He comes with a weapon that no human could conceivably wield. I don't think you'd need a team of gunners to, to sufficiently field this artillery piece. He comes with technology that I don't I, I don't I don't feel necessarily fits in with G.I. Joe. It has its roots in anime. I mean these are 
techno spines that uh, mimic camouflage. But I don't know, man. I hold this guy in my hands and I'm like, I wanted him to be something else. Then the fact that he has no pupils. Did they just skip <laughs> on paint apps? The first thing I did when I got this figure in hand was lop off the, the, the knobs on his wrists onto which the the palm fronds attach. Because I was like, not a fuck am I going to display this guy with these things hanging off of him. And if you pull them off, you're left with these knobs. I think the, the optics are too long. And I appreciate that with Night Viper, they were too long. But that was 1989. Guys, we know what modern uh, night vision gear looks like. It's rather unobtrusive. They had an opportunity to make something more low profile. They went with basically what looks like a head cannon. <laughs> so this guy's your perfect uh, G.I. Joe throw forward into the world of mecha anime. But not on my shelf, buddies. I'm afraid Jungle Viper is relegated to the bin of obscurity for me. Jungle is not massive for Steven. <sighs> I know I'm going to get some hate mail for that, but guys, as I said before, this is a hugely subjective list, and I wanted this figure to be something that he was not. He was never intended to be, so I have myself to blame, but uh, that doesn't make me warm to him anymore. The gun's too big. He has no function. Good night. <laughs> I'm going to follow up from you. <clears throat> I'm going to carry on from you because mine, oddly enough, has a... Uh has a similarity to yours um, in, a, in an oddball way. I just want to just um, open it up here just so that I, I just have a view, uh, a cue point to describe it. A view it to a kill. Meeting there you, you go. With a view to, to a kill. kill. I love that song. How cool is that song, actually? Anyway, Okay, so... I'm one of those guys who really loves the Jungle Viper, and I can totally see him integrated into my um, Joeverse. Like, for example, if I if I needed to defend the figure, and and I am going to throw some defensive points on it, but not because I want to have an argument about it, but just because this is how it makes sense to me. The long, you know, like his long monocle, um, coupled with that massive sniper rifle that he has, for me it makes sense because if you have a gun that is that high caliber you're not within like 30 or 40 meters of your uh, of your target. You're like within a kilometer of your target. So that kind of night optics, you know, that kind of telescoped night optics makes sense for me in that regard. Um, so it works out. It is not a replacement for the Night Viper, um, I'm happy to say. But here's the thing. Um, my worst G.I. Joe or my worst Cobra figure is a figure that largely uses a lot of the same parts as the Jungle Viper, and if you haven't quite guessed it yet, it is the Rock Viper. The Rock Viper uses the same upper torso, upper arms, uh, lower torso, and uh, and then the legs are pretty much its own. It's a Franken-Joe at its worst. It is literally a blight on what the original figure was. The original Rock Viper is such an amazing toy, uh, with his stash and everything, that they've literally pissed on everything uh, that made the Rock Viper cool with the modern in uh, incarnation of him. And it is the modern era incarnation I'm speaking about. And I'm going to talk about its first major offense. The helmet is too big. It is like, it's a helmet that's made for wild card. <laughs> okay? <laughs> it almost seems like it comes from another toy line. 
That is how obscenely big that helmet is. Okay? It is terrible. His climbing gear is fun, but it would have been more fun had they tried to ape what was originally done with the vintage figure. doesn't have to be the same mold, but it could have been something similar to it. Although in pictures, he does tend to look quite well constructed. I have two of these. Two. I bought two of these, mostly because in the case lot, there's two in the case lot, and the case lot was cheaper. But both of them look like their shoulders don't fit into the upper torso properly. I don't know why it works on the Jungle Viper, but not on the Rock Viper. It's got major quality control issues. He's got fantastic gear for the most part, but what a terrible toy. It's like, it's just, he might as well have just been like from the movies, you know? Like they could have just called him Tan Viper and then just be done with it and everybody would have been like, oh, okay, Tan Viper, cool. But the fact that they had also called us a Rock Viper is so off-pissing. He even has artwork done and on the artwork he doesn't even wear his helmet. That's how bad his helmet is. Hasbro knew, guys. They knew. <laughs> this is by far the worst Cobra figure ever made, ever produced, ever. I don't care how fucking disco neon something is, it is not as bad as this. Had I bothered to punish myself by seeking one out to own one, as Paul has done, it might have <laughs> pipped it might have pipped Jungle Viper on my list. But I don't own one, so I thought it would, I'd be cheating if I nominated it. Uh, so yeah, I had to go with his mold buddy. Maybe it's the mold thing. It's a curse. Yeah. The only benefit to the Rock Viper, and, and this is because I want to be fair on it a little bit, if you get that three-pack, the three-pack titled Rock Rampage, which comes with <laughs> Alpine and a Cobra Trooper, you also get a Rock Viper with it, uh, uh, replete with all of his gear. And as I mentioned, his gear is cool. You can give it to Alpine. <laughs> <Because>. <laughs> Holy shit. Tareeb. Horrible. Incredible. Bad. Anyway, Rob, what do you deem is the worst Cobra figure ever produced? Okay, so, when I imagine, like, often I, I feel like characters are named, you know, they get a cool name and they kind of look like the name, Rock Viper, you're like, yeah, he climbs rocks. Um, <laughs> or does mess, whatever. <laughs> well, you know, you know he's, he's into rocks. When I think of a wild boar, <laughs> I imagine something wild, animalistic, something and boring. Yeah, um, I mean this guy definitely nails boring, but he doesn't look wild to me. He doesn't look like his name. It's like they're like, shit, we can't come up with a name. <laughs> He's an iron grenadier. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Wild boar. Yeah, it's okay, but, you know, we're two hours away from printing this thing, go for it. Oh, my God. It's horrendous. And he looks terrible, too. Like, he has he, he has a black helmet on with, like, gold sunglasses. And then he his only accessory is another black helmet <laughs> that he puts on top of his other, you know, his original one. And then he connects that... With a pipe to his arm. <laughs> we are people bogs. <laughs> what? What is this? It's ridiculous. It's horrendous. And he's got two colors. He's red and, and black. And he has like a little gold thing on the wrong arm. 
the pipe doesn't even seem to connect to anything, you know, significant on his left arm. It just, it's going nowhere. He's awful. He's awful. And the worst thing, like, even his file card is just horrendous. They're like, oh, only the best of the best become Razorback drivers. <laughs> oh, they're amazing. They're so cool. They get, they get shares of stock in Destro's lucrative profit sharing plan. Yawn. Wow. Wild That's boar. In- oh, he's so wild. He's, he's into investing money. <laughs> he's wild oh. and he's boring. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, I mean, if you're gonna go after the vehicle drivers, how can you not go after like the lurid two? And that's <laughs> armadillo on land and windmill in the air. I mean, like, hello. Yeah, no, no, those are bad, but they they come in good vehicles. And also, talking a wild boar actually leads me straight into my. Surface vehicle. Oh no! <laughs> Destro's Razorback, which is built, I believe, as a tank. Is that <laughs> I believe is it? it? Maybe is it a tank? I'm pretty sure I read somewhere it said it was a tank, and I was like, that ain't no tank. No, and here we go. Tank. Wild Boar was released as part of the eighth series, 1989, packaged exclusively with Destro's Razorback. Tank. Now, when I think of a t- tank, I think of treads, and I think of something that is heavily armored. You know, it's it probably doesn't move terribly fast. Um, you can shoot it a couple of times; it's going to be fine. You shoot at this thing once <laughs> with, like 100% a pen- with, with like a, a pencil or something. It's going to be dead. Everyone in it, everyone around it, it's dead. This I presume you're referring to the glass canopies that this thing has in abundance. Yeah, I think this thing is more glass canopies than it is anything else. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Pope mobile. Well, I'm going to take your glass canopies and raise you no canopies. <laughs> you're talking about tanks, right? Uh, like, Apparently. You know, let's, 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 let's do a little lexicon. When, when you think of a tank, you think, what, armor? You think imposing... Yeah. You think mm. big, powerful firepower? Yeah, Paul, you got any any synonyms to throw into the any words to throw into the the mix? Uh, alter? No, I can't think of anything that you haven't said already, <laughs> man. But just be superfluous. Okay, Tank. well, Panzer. <laughs> oh, guys, in all my years, I've never been able to warm to this thing. I give you the armadillo mini tank. Uh, sorry, Jim. I fucking hate this thing. I've never been able to find a a use for it that does not make me burst out laughing. I put someone in it and I'm like, <laughs> that is ridiculous. It's just, it's just. I mean, I could work my way through it and just just rattle off the various ways that I think that this thing is just. The 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 most dismally like designed GI Joe toy, and such an obvious attempt at giving a tank at a lower price point that it just defies like you had to be a very young child to appreciate this thing's merits and not question its shortcomings. I mean, first off, the size. Okay, 
it's what is it at that size it'd be far better off being a quad akin to the ferrets why did they have to make it a tank it's laughable it's it's comedy it's like a miniaturized little noddy car of a tank it's a bumper <laughs> car it's absolutely at, 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 at an amusement park it's with some irony that i i make note of the fact that its comic book appearance featured it in an amusement park driven by footloose <laughs> who uh was clearly like the butt of the joke that entire issue i mean he didn't give this thing much credit when he saw it either it's okay it's as i say laughably small it has four count them, four cannons whose barrels feed into what you just got barrels sticking out of the turret where's the gun where where is it i look at the sculpt and i'm like huh I'm also confused as to where the engine is, but I suppose that's that's in there somewhere. <laughs> the driver, okay. When he's not completely exposed, he can kind of slink down into the body of the tank and he has some modicum of protection, okay? He's got nothing over his, his top, but I mean, how often does anyone get to shoot you directly down? So he's he's kind of covered by sloped armor, but... He's sitting on top of the axles of the tank's wheels, the dumbbell wheels. <laughs> I just find that a rather like lazy or bad or just just basically desperate design choice in an era that should have done better. Not to mention the fact that the cavity that makes up the cockpit gives this thing no ground clearance. You know, so like a tank should have some clearance between, you know, the, the shell of the tank between the treads should at least kind of not be scraping along the ground. Well, not so with the armadillo. It is riding right on the ground. And finally, you move to the rear end of the tank and you're like, well, at least a tiny little thing like this could be used as some kind of utility vehicle to tow stuff. And you're like, no, it can't. No tow hitch. (sighs) Can this not get it right at least once? Sorry, guys. I I cannot find any conceivable use for the armadillo. As I say, it, it's greeted with, with laughter every time I, I try and integrate it somewhere. It's really cute. It's cute. It's a kitty cart. I'd say its shining use is the fact that it is the vehicle that fits most snugly into the tactical battle platform, the recess where the ramp is, and that's it. You can have one inside your MCC and close the MCC up around it. Why you'd want to, I don't know. Because I I don't want to unleash the furious armadillo on my Cobra enemies. (laughs) (laughs) You think it's supposed to play dead? (laughs) I... Paul, it sounds like you might like this thing because you've had nothing to say. Since I, Steam started. Not, yeah, you see, I I just I don't love the armadillo, but I also don't hate it. Like I'm okay with it. I've made peace with it. I, I think I think when I actually the first time I actually liked the armadillo was Steve actually gave me one. Uh he picked one up. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I, I just can't can't do anything but give them away. Like, <laughs> you want an armadillo? I got armadillos. You can have mine. You get an armad armadillo. You get an armad armadillo. Everybody gets an armad armadillo. Anyway, you think of armad armad panther, my man. Yeah, I got an armad panther, which uh, sounds more aggressive. No, but um, yeah, I I got one of those from Steve, and from then on, I've always appreciated it a little more. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you can appreciate it for the both of us. But I took off the rocket launchers and everything. I actually stripped out, stripped it down as much as possible, um, so that it looked as much like the vintage, uh, like its vintage release. But uh, the figure, the vehicle rather, that gets the most hate from me. And I know you guys are expecting Coastal Defender or or, or Battle Barge, but I actually think this thing is worse than them. No, they're um, not vehicles, are they? No, they technically aren't. To be fair, so. The road toad. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I hate this because, and 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 it's interesting. You can go through Mark Bellomo's guide, <laughs> GI guide, like a, like a hundred times, and still not see the road toad, or um, Rob's uh, mention as well. The uh, what's what what I can't even think of his name now. Like uh, wild boar. Like, wild Boar with razor blade, yeah. It's so weird. It's like it's like Wild Boar never existed to me until today. The Razorback's okay, but I'm not gonna just I'm not gonna go into that. Um, <laughs> I pined after the Razorback as a child, and I, I and still... I include Wild Boar in that. So Rob and I can agree to disagree. <laughs> I still want the Razorback. Um, I just don't care for Wild Boar. Like I said, I didn't even think he existed. Um, but what is the Road Toad? That is the thing. Like I can't. Understand. This is a controversy. Is it a self-propelled vehicle, or is it yeah. a towable system? Can you fit it within this category of surface vehicle? Well, it's considered. It it's, its description is battlefield recovery vehicle. Oh, it's yeah. meant to go out there to obviously tow back other vehicles that have broken down. So yeah, it's by its own description, it's a vehicle, but it's doesn't look like one yeah it, it kind of looks like it was meant to be like a, a wind what's the, the proper name for like a wind surfers surfboard it looks like it's that but without the without the the, the sail without the the yeah the sail yeah it just yeah it's just weird I, I just can't think of a more uncomfortable thing to look at in the gi joe line it's just it's just awkward. Even if you look at it in the blueprints, it just looks haphazard. I mean, what the, what is going on there? What is it? Is it part of a vehicle? Is it, was it destined for greater things? I mean, this, this vehicle was released in the same year, right, as, well, the Mamba, for starters. Okay. I mean, it was released in the same year as the Buzzball, the Mamba, the Cobra, the Pogo. Yes, I know everybody loves the Pogo and the Buzzball. <laughs> the Wolf, the Sea Raid, the Defiant, the MCC, the Persuader, and the Slam. You could have just led with the Defiant, bro. The Road Toad was released in the same year as the Defiant. What the fuck? G.I. Joe caters to all price points. No, agreed. It would have been much better if there was a, a Jeep. A regular issue Jeep. Spent maybe something that worked with the the MCC. But instead we got the Road Toad. And dude, maybe it's just like kind of a world building element. Because <laughs> you, you hitch your vehicle up onto it. You yeah. pull it in. And then you hitch 
it's a lesson. Oh, fuck, I can't believe it. I, I'm actually undermining <laughs> my own my own point here. It is a lesson in redundancy because <laughs> you winch your vehicle, pull it onto the kind of the bed where the wheels kind of go into those grooves. Yeah. And then the road toad itself is then winched <laughs> onto a more powerful vehicle to make this kind of like vehicle train. All aboard the Joe train. It's, it's fantastically superfluous. And the name, Road, road toad. toad. I mean, it's awful. What do you think wow. the best thing is? What is the best thing that a toad does on a road? Uh, play Frogger. Get across. It dies. It right. dies. <laughs> okay. So I don't look, know. I, I can just say that when I discovered the internet, very few G.I. Joe vehicles received as much attention from me as the road toad. Because <laughs> I just sat there scratching my head wondering what the actual fuck is this fuck. thing. <laughs> and my questions still have not been answered. Roll on JoeCon 2018 where maybe, maybe there's a dealer with some scrappy old road toad that no one wants. And I pick it up and I'm like, hmm, hmm. I think I could, the- <laughs> I could do with a Joe train. <laughs> but this, this is going to be the irony of the situation because we're going to go to JoeCon. Steve's going to come back with a road toad. I'm going to come back with a Razorback. <laughs> replete, replete, replete with wild hall. I mean, wild ball. <laughs> well, then what's Rob going to come back with? Beachhead. Ooh, Rob's going to come back with his next. I already have the armor. His next selection. <laughs> oh. oh, my next selection, which I think I actually spoiled. Um. When I was, re- I just realized now that both of my vehicles start with the word razor. My okay. area vehicle, which I don't like, which I think this looks so stupid, is the Razor Blade from '94. Mm. I mean, it's like they tried everything to make this thing appealing. Like it's, it seems to have like the chrome on it, the silver chrome from the pictures that I've seen. It has what the like, fuck is that? it has like cool like motorized functions or something and you can spin the blade i think and it comes with a, a guideway assembly a rocket launcher and a, it's no and like it's it, like the top doesn't look like it should be attached to the to the landing gear that it has the, the you know the skids mm. and the, it just looks horrendous and well, from pictures, actually, it is not silver, but I mean, it looks silver from kind of like the packaging. I think it was meant to be silver. Yeah, it is probably supposed to come out with the um, Sky, the Sky Patrol. Patrol, but they held off on it why. because it's awful. I mean, it's, it's got the so terrible bad. nose, it, like it's all stubby and stuff, and and it's one yes. of those wonderful vehicles where they couldn't be bothered to put glass into the canopy. Well, it's for two reasons. It's got a stubby nose with no gloss because they knew this thing was going to go plowing into cupboards and rock faces and wherever. Wherever a child could set up a zipline, yeah, this thing would go smashing itself. I, once again, speak to the fact that I know that as a child, I used that play pattern often. I would often set up a zipline from the top of the cupboard right down to the bed and have my (laughs) figures zip down it. To have, a vehicle that in, to have a vehicle that encouraged that kind of play pattern, 
Yeah, that's points in his favor. But I'm going to agree with you. It's a completely lackluster entry into G.I. Joe's helicopter ranks. My subconscious mm-hmm. must be working overtime because this is literally the first time I've seen this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it just protects me from shit like this. No offense, but no <laughs> damn. But it's like, why would you put a, a helicopter on a zip line? The Why? zipline functionality is cool, and the fact that you can remove it is great. Because yeah, um, that, from that looking, cool. looking at the pictures, it looks removable, and that I, I I appreciate that. It gives the the gives you the benefit of the doubt with regards to how you want to play with it. It's just a pity that it's a great play feature for a very ugly vehicle. I mean, this thing should have been called mm-hmm. the Road Toad. <laughs> <laughs> Sky Toad. Oh, I can, I can actually imagine a lot of kids having fun with this, but um, if yojo.com is anything to go by, it was first released in 94 and discontinued in the same year. So there must have been Whoa. some kind of issue with it. Either they have... Paul, maybe this, there's a very important reason for that. Death of the line. Yeah, there's that too, I suppose. This is the reason why Jojo ended. This, 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 this didn't do anything to help the line. And also, uh, uh, I mean, just just in case any, any smart asses out there want to jump down our throats, <laughs> I beat you to it. In that part of the 90s, G.I. Joe toys were actually only on sale for a year. They were discontinued the next year. Which mm. is why a lot of 90s figures and vehicles are... Well, in spite of their uh, lurid trappings making them slightly undesirable, that's balanced by the fact that there are fewer of them out there because fewer were produced because they only had a one-year production run as opposed to two. So if you have one of these, I'm sorry, you were one of the only people to get this, and that's terrible. What is quite fascinating about this process is, like, I wouldn't mind a razor blade. For you, it's your worst aerial vehicle you've ever come across in the G.I. Joe toy line. All of all the ones that, I've, that I looked at, this was like, mm. like there's there's a lot of other ones where I was like, I can understand why they designed it that way, or it's still better and it still maybe fits into the general aesthetic of G.I. Joe. Like I saw one that was like the aerial version of the Armadillo. It's kind of like a very stubby <laughs> aircraft that has like stupid little tiny wings that you can like fold up like it takes up too much space on the bloody tarmac <laughs> or something i can't remember what it's called but it came with like a fairly decent looking ace if i can find it again i'll tell you guys what it was but there were lots of other examples of air stuff where i was like okay that kind of makes sense or you know like the really straightforward mechanisms you know where you like you pull the thing and then the, the helicopter spins into the air or you throw the vehicle because it can fly naturally as its own glider this thing, I was just like, it just, I don't, I don't get it. Mm. This is terrible because the two, the two halves don't look like they should be together, and the top half doesn't even look like it should be an an air uh, helicopter. It's just weird. Mm. But anyway, as we mm. said up front, this is very subjective, and I just subjectively hate this thing. Oh, what I was thinking of, sorry, was the tiger hawk. Oh. Um, like it looks terrible. And it has those oh, stupid the one that looks like wings. A, like a submarine, okay. almost. Like, it looks like an arrowhead, actually. Um, I could kind of see where they were going, because like, that time period came up with a lot of squashed vehicles. Um, yes. Kind of 2004, 2003-ish. But I could kind of see where they were going with it. And the, the aesthetic is fairly good. 
But this thing, I just thought, no. It just, it's, it's a monstrosity. Um, I think this Tiger Hawk thing would have made for an interesting, like, drone or something like that. Or something, yeah, but, like, it's just... It's, yeah, there shouldn't yeah. be a figure in it, actually. It, sh- it should be a drone. Because if you look at the packaging on Yojo, mm. it's, I mean, it's barely longer than, I mean, its wingspan is barely longer than the figure is tall. It's like one and a half times, you know, the height of a figure. It's like, yeah, this thing can't fly. I honestly think the only reason it has holding wings is to keep the packaging price low and to um, enhance yeah. its shelf presence. Yeah. There's no, like, in-world reason for those wings to fall. Yeah. That's silly. But anyway, yeah. um, Paul, what's your least favorite aerial vehicle? Oh, my least favorite aerial vehicle, and to be fair, it would have been that Razor fucking thing that you called out earlier, had I, knew, <laughs> had I known it existed. But actually, the thing that upset, uh, and th- this is a jet that actually I really like. I love it, and I coveted it in catalogs. But it's um, the worst. And I own, and I really wish I wished I could have owned one until I realized that essentially it was just a squirt gun with wings. And I am talking about the Liquidator. Um, <laughs> it is, it is one of those oh, weird no. things. Yeah, it's it's like sorry to sound like a complete asshole here, but it's like it looks good in the dark, but not so good the next morning kind of thing. Uh, um, oh my goodness! Yeah, it's just terrible. Like I'm sure a lot of kids when it came out may have had fun with it, and it does. Let's be honest, it does do a lot to try and hide its big red handle by allowing it to fold into the plane itself. But I just can't help but feel that because of the type of play feature that it has or because of the design that it has that they intentionally like limited its molding like what's the word like i actually think it could have been a way cool jet had it just been a dedicated jet and not like a jet uh squirt gun combo and Mm. that's what upsets me i really i actually really really like the design i like the sort of um single wing almost delta shape to it um, it's very Cobra. The proportions actually aren't too bad um, when you look at it. It's, it looks good. It's a good-looking jet, but my word, it just it just comes across as a little bit Fisher-Price, and it irritates me. Um, and it feels like they took the design from the Sunbow cartoon. Mm. Like, it looks like it comes from Mass Device Episode 1. Yeah. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's meant to be based on... I want to say the Mirage, because it kind of has a Mirage kind of shape to it. But the Saab Vigan. Yeah, or like the, the, yes. the S2000 or, Sa- or whatever. Saab yeah. Draken. Yes. Before the, before the Vigan was the Draken. Yeah, and then there's also the, I think it's the F2000 or something that they did as well. Not S2000, F2000. Anyway, but I just Mirage, really like Mirage. It. Yeah, and it's so mm. sexy, but... Yeah, alas, it's it's a water pistol, and and its and its water pistol has reduced its coolness, not because it's a water pistol, but because integrating that feature has made them focus more on that feature than making it something as cool as say a conquest or whatever. So yeah, so I I hate it for it for the fact that it could have been so much cooler. Mm-hmm. I guess that leaves me. And that leaves this you. is the. This is the opinion that I imagine I'll go down in flames the most for. Uh (laughs) But what I regard as the worst aerial vehicle toy uh, the G.I. Joe line has has yet produced has the 
distinction of being the toy that broke my heart the most when I received it. And, and this is an unfair comparison to draw, but when I received my 30th anniversary Sky Striker, uh, it just hurt me, man. I was I there. Understand, I un- you, you, no, you weren't there. No. Rob was there. We Rob were together. Was there. I, I was getting all of the messages and the chats and... Oh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so they went, they went uh, probably like this. Uh, yeah, man, had a few beers, about to go up to a cool lookout point with our new toys <laughs> to take in the sunset and maybe, maybe put them together, put some stickers on uh, and fly them about at sunset. Yeah, some assembly definitely required. I, I, I was alarmed when I saw how small the box was, knowing full well what the dimensions of a Sky Striker were. And then I saw how it was put together and how aesthetically unappealing the joints were. Uh, it's kind of chintzy. Chintzy. Yeah. Then I tried I tried putting the missiles on and they just dropped <laughs> right back off. That is such uh, a... I, I put a, a, a figure in the cockpit, just one, and you know he kind of was like lying backwards, looking up at the ceiling, <laughs> as if he was as if he was manning a much smaller aircraft, like a firebat. But no, this is the the venerable Sky Striker, uh, reduced somewhat in its majesty. And if you're gonna do a repeat, look, it, it's it's remarkable that this saw this this toy saw reproduction. We should be grateful. But I'm going to be that nasty, raving fanboy and say that if you're going to re-release something, don't take a step backwards. Mm. And I appreciate it. You know, compromises had to be made in order for it to see release in the first place. But the thing that breaks my heart the most about the modern era Sky Striker and all its reuses in the modern era are not its failings per se, not the individual failings. But that the sum of those failings gives first-time Sky Striker owners a cheapened experience of this venerable toy for the first time. And I speak primarily about my friend Paul. Mm. I think <laughs> your opinion of this fantastic toy, which tops out my top ten list all the time, I speak about the original, Yeah. does not hold nearly as dear a place for you because it's marred by its modern era failings. Oh, I can agree with you there. All of which are addressed and and nigh perfect on the original. But you don't have an original. You never have. Your experience of this toy is the modern era version with the clicky-clacky plastic wheels, with the bombs that fall off, with the, the gigantic sutures on its wing undersides. I can support what you're saying because if you are a long-time listener of the show, it's very rare that I speak of the Sky Striker in any of my lists ever. And I mean, I love the F-14. That's one of my favorite jets ever. And the Sky Striker is sort of an approximation of that. It's not just an approximation of the the F-14. It is, it is G.I. Joe history. And it's been given back to us, but in a format that kind of makes first-time first time experiences of this toy scratch your heads and say, well, I wonder what the big deal was. Mm. I mean, you know, it comes apart into all these neat little pieces and and fits into a chintzy box 
I, I, it, it feels kind of insubstantial and, and a little bit wonky in places as a result of the snap together yeah. feature. And, and the plastic isn't quite as, as smooth and lustrous as the originals was. It kind of has a matteness to it. It's less remarkable. It's watered down. It's a little tupperware mm. It is. Oh, you have all the best adjectives tonight. <laughs> and, That's good. I'm not hung up. <laughs> it breaks my... Cute. I'm not, I'm not hanging. I'm not hanging. I'm still coming up. I'm almost through my bottle of ovation. <laughs> so yeah, it it makes its way into the hall of shame for me because it's like, damn it, this is a bloody okay. It was in a box, so it can't be a peg warmer. But like, these toys just didn't move, and they really should have, mm. because the Sky Striker really should be the best. But this modern era representation, it's not the best. It'll never be the best. It's the worst. It is. <laughs> Something that Stephen hasn't mentioned, and I feel that it should be mentioned, uh, not to add to his vitriol. <laughs> the biggest irritation for me, uh, second to the bombs falling off on the modern re-release of the Sky Striker, um, and missiles, missiles. Sorry, they're they're not bombs. They're all missiles. Well, the, yeah, well, the missiles. It's hard points. Okay, the the fact that the missiles full of the hard points. It's just ridiculous. Have okay? they not been corrected since? I believe some of the, the convention exclusives uh, apparently have had it uh, fixed. Apparently, but I just thought to is... myself, like, how can that? How can that? Like, even get past a second release? Like. Yeah. This this toy has seen a lot of releases by this. That's glaring oversight. Yeah, they've they've tried to get as much bang out of out of that mold as as possible, and for no not not for no good reason. But I definitely hope they've somehow re-engineered those points. Yeah, like I mean, so the the sort of chintzy plastic, the the very Tupperware feeling plastic, does put you off a little bit because GI Joe vehicles are typically sort of shiny. The exception being the, uh, or one of the exceptions being the Phantom, which, in my opinion, benefits from its plastic. But anyway, but the stickers on the Sky Striker, they are very transparent, and it's really irritating because <clears throat> the Sky Striker actually comes molded in quite a, in like a bit of a darkish gray. It's meant to be a lighter gray. I'm sure that when they were doing the swatches, they originally chose a lighter gray to match the stickers, but. The the inbox item is a is a much darker product and that in itself also sucks because the Sky Striker is meant to be closer to white the original if I'm not mistaken and the stickers just look so drab on this dark gray body it's an issue I have and it and you'll see it um, when it comes to the GI Joe logo it, the GI Joe logo is black for starters I don't know why they didn't make it white um, if you're going to put it on such a dark body anyway and secondly there's no white in the GI Joe stripes which is odd and the reds just seem very transparent it's just it just looks dulled down i mean i i purposefully went and did mine up to be shipwrecks because sunbow and i thought it'd be a good laugh uh, mm-hmm. but i've got two and um yeah man it's just uh it doesn't get as much play as my other vehicles do i must be honest i understand where you're coming from steve it's it's a slap in the face and it's and it's and you're right maybe had i perhaps uh, it, it encountered the vintage version, I would have had a much greater fondness for the Sky Striker as a whole. But this has tarnished it. You're right. Like... 
Then in the miscellaneous column, <laughs> as a concept that plainly did not work, Shadow Ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Shadow Ninjas. Uh, a lot of G.I. Joe fans out there will be saying, Shadow who? Shadow what? Uh, a lot of people had stepped off by then, but for those of us who were still pining for cool Ninja Force figures well into 1993 and 1994... Hell, this was 1994. Jeez. So, the end of the line, and we wanted our cool ninjas, and they were just offering us this crap. Okay. The plastic had a color change feature. You dip it in hot water, the figures go a kind of a white tone. White. <laughs> Unfortunately, their non-white tones suffered as a result. They weren't vibrant. They were kind of washed out watercolor <laughs> uh i suppose is the best way of, of describing it uh yeah. versions of their their official colorings which is unfortunate because storm shadow should be white and black in that version instead he was a kind of a, a light blue Ugh, which yeah. is exactly the same color as bushido in that same line you know the colors were weak but what was weaker than the colors were their thumbs <laughs> here, we, here we had figures featuring the swivel arm battle group. Okay, in some of their cases, they had action features that kind of took away from the swivel arm a little bit. But they could not hold their weapons because guess what? You put a weapon in their hands and their thumbs instantly break. Show me a Shadow Ninja with unbroken thumbs. I will show you a figure that's on the verge of having his thumbs broken because I guarantee <laughs> you they're, they're all, all teetering on the brink. They are worthless in that regard. Every single one of these figures, and believe me, between Rob and I, we own pretty much all of them. Every <laughs> single one has no thumbs. Not even a right or a left, none. None. They couldn't hold Can't their opaque weapons. Their weapons are opaque. And I believe we have two Bushido. <laughs> yes, we have two Bushido. Wonderful. It still still didn't help him in the FSS 8.0 bracket. <laughs> but yeah, Shadow Ninjas as a concept, bogus. I mean, the Eco Warriors had color change battle damage. I'm all the way behind that. Hell, mm. I even went on the record with Joe Slepsky saying, if I was G.I. Joe, I would be called Action Feature because I'd have them all. Kung Fu Battle Group, <laughs> color change battle damage, a glider, a ripcord helicopter, <laughs> like parachute that works. Like, I would be that guy. I'm literally the troll of everyone that despises action features. <laughs> But there's one action feature that I cannot abide by, and that is this fucking Shadow Ninja's garbage. Wash out shit. <laughs> I want to just stand in there and then segue to mine. I am all for the transparent weapons. I really love them. What ended up happening with all those weapons uh, on my side of my childhood. You painted them all. No, we <laughs> actually used them as... Like... We did that with enough of ours. Oh, cool. No, we, uh, Dave Every and I... single one of them. Dave and I sort of envisioned them as like, as like energy kind of weapons, like sort of like almost like chi manifestations. I mean, that's a good way of describing it now. Back then, it was just like energy weapons that were conjured up by our superhero style fucking Sensei-esque Japanese superhero style characters um, that we had basically constructed. Um, so I've always been a fan of those like transparent weapons. But to add insult to injury and just to add to what Stephen was saying, we were definitely the dumpster of the world when it came to these figures because <laughs> every toy shop had them. And it was such a bummer. It was like, you know, 
it's like you walk into like the toy aisle and there they are looking at you and you kind of feel guilty it's like you kind of like avert your eyes and you're like uh i, I i'm just gonna pretend that they're not there you know because they, they're trying to guilt trip me into buying them because they would be everywhere and it would be so disappointing to see them everywhere if you saw them in the wild in south africa now would you buy them or would you walk away I'd walk the fuck away. I hate those things. It's such Rob. bad memories. <laughs> well, I, I mean, actually, my worst is also the Shadow Ninjas. No! <laughs> I mean, no, I would not. I think, I mean, a couple of years ago, we like the, the Space Guys were still proliferating, at least in the secondhand, or at least in the factory toy shoppy things. Those were kind of cool to see again. And kind no, of I have a full set of that. <laughs> yeah. But no, I would, I would run. As fast as I could away from these things. They are horrendous. They're just terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, n- no, thank you. Mm. They disappear completely. So we've heard everyone's least favorite Joe figure. We've heard everyone's least favorite Cobra figure. We've heard everyone's least favorite surface vehicle and aerial vehicle. But what is Paul's least favorite concept, toy, or miscellaneous playset? Okay, here goes. And it's a modern era thing. In uh, 2012, well, around 2012, 2011, around that era of G.I. Joe, uh, Hasbro released an amazing Hiss tank, the Hiss version 5, which I am a huge fan of. I absolutely love it. But then somewhere along the line, some Hasbro exec uh, exec got it into his head um, to have something called the Hiss Attack Scout. Basically, if uh, if your listeners are unfamiliar with it, it is a tread. It is, it is basically two sets of uh, his tank treads with a really shit little red laser gun and a seat, <laughs> which provides a straight line to the to the to the death of the driver uh, occupying the vehicle. Uninterrupted, straight to hell. <laughs> now, what is the concept here? Well. This is the concept I really fucking hate. <laughs> Why did Hasbro decide that this was a good idea? Like, and and this is kind of like the start of like really bad ideas because. Oh no! It started with the armadillo back in '84, brother. Yeah, because, jeez, <laughs> because like this thing did so well. I think it ended up in discount retail stores. Like, I remember mm-hmm. it being like a Ross exclusive or something because this thing was shit. Like, I think they they knew it, and then on. You know, it sort of attaches to the back of the His 5, like some kind of weird traded tumor. And I'm like, why? It's so horrible. It's such a, a shit idea. Like, the idea of connecting things, uh, of vehicles having modular functionality is awesome. But this thing is just horrible. And then on top of that, no, no, they didn't think it sucked enough the first time. They went and did the Tread Ripper tank, which is the same thing, but in G.I. Joe colors. With the his tanks guns now on top of it, so if you needed extra his tank um, version five his tank guns in baby blue for you know your custom recoil his tank, you could buy the tripper a tread ripper tank, which is the same thing. And <laughs> tripper tank, <laughs> the tripper tank. Oh, <laughs> uh, by the way, the armadillo bloody hell, it's from '85. Yeah, JD, I know, I know, you were rolling your eyes at me, man. And then to add even further insult to injury, and this is a concept that this all ties in. Really well, uh, like beautifully sculpted GI Joe figures. I'm looking at the clutch that comes with the Tread Ripper tank. 
with one, two, three, four, five points of articulation and pre-bent arms. Yay, go Hasbro. This is the worst fucking thing you guys could have ever done. Ever. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> go easy, like, bro. Ah! You know <laughs> Hasbro's so listening, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sorry, Hasbro. Like, I understand that you guys are trying to make money and trying to get stuff out there, but... Dude, this, this, I mean, you know that this, this was a bad move because you corrected it, but damn. <laughs> like, lists, wow. Lists like these, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of want to fly pretty close to the sun, but I also know that I'm very changeable in my opinions. I still pick up that 30th anniversary Sky Striker from time to time. I did so today because I needed a stunt double for my real Sky Striker. And then we chose not to use it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hint, hints. We've been shooting episode five of Atlantis Factor. But Fucker. if you... Factor. Um, I'm Afrikaans, okay? Yeah, I did. Uh, if, you'd, if you'd asked me when I was eight years old who my least favorite figure was, I'd have pointed at Lifeline. Now, I absolutely fucking adore Lifeline. Mm. And while I've been sitting here recording this episode, I've been messing with Jungle Viper... And all of a sudden, you know, he ain't, he ain't so, so bad. bad. He ain't so bad. You know, he's 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 trying something new and sci-fi, and it's easy to hate uh, because it's unfamiliar. But you know, he tries something new out, and all of a sudden, it starts to feel kind of good. <laughs> and that's that's, first that's okay. awkward. That's Jungle Viper for you with that. Barely oversized weapon that he wields. So basically, don't, don't take the... our opinions about what we think the worst is the worst seriously, because it might oh, actually be the worst even for ourselves. No, definitely take Paul seriously. Take mine to the bank. Don't don't buy a <laughs> ripper. Fight fight the power. Uh, I don't know why 92 people want it, but I know 176 <laughs> people that have it don't want it either. <laughs> <laughs> don't take Paul's opinion to heart. God knows he's had his heart broken. Enough times. Oh, Boom. yes. Boom. Oh, yes. Oh. I'm alone hey. now. <laughs> Heartbroken Paul. Uh, R- R- Rob hates Beachhead version 2. And Stephen flip-flopping and Jungle Viper man. <laughs> oh, are you, are you wrapping us up, Robbie? No, I'm not. I'm just giving us nicknames. Nice. Terrible ones. But I do think that it's it's that time, is it not? Yeah, for sure, unless we have any uh, Joe community. Oh, wait a minute. Let's ask Kuja for that. Uh... Oh, Don't include oh, this. Oh, oh. <laughs> Although, at the time of uh, of the episode airing, Larry Harmer has done a spectacular G.I. Joe issue, which um, is stalker-focused. And I don't mean stalkers as in, like, Millennial data. We all know what you mean. We are G.I. <laughs> okay. Joe fans. G.I. We Joe hail fans. from a time where Stalker was a cool code name. It's not a cool code name. <laughs> Try and explain that to lay people. Yeah. His name's Stalker, and, and he's 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 not he's a cool guy. He's he's not a yeah, he's not a bad guy. <laughs> oh my goodness guys it's been episode 116 of gi joburg a bumper episode brought to you by your three favorite south africans please get us to joke on please. please we're making really cool content i know right i beachhead needs a new crotch guys he's referring to the good beachhead that he owns version one not the yes. uh 
the version no, no. 2 which he's going to own i will see to that no <laughs> thank you <laughs> hey, well, i'm just, such a troll well i mean once upon a time when i when i was reintroduced or when i re-entered this hobby i used to despise the headhunters and headman and all of that and i don't hate them anymore so it does show you how things change so maybe there's hope for the armadillo yet Ladies and gentlemen, my name's Steve. It's been my pleasure to join you on this evening. Thank you for listening. Rob's Thank gone. Thank you. Rob's not gone. That leaves, that that leaves just Paul. you and me, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Is Rob really gone? Did he? Oh, his internet cut out. Balls. Okay, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say goodbye for Rob. Goodbye. And then this is that Paul signing out. Sound like Rob. I didn't want to try and sound like Rob. I was just speaking you for it. You gotta be like but... snarky and like snipey and like funny. Okay, I'm gonna try one of those things. Uh, this is Rob telling you not to buy Beachhead. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I, I can't. Rob has his own flavor. Yeah, dude. It's 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 a tough act to follow. It really is. So. Uh, yeah, I'm sure Rob sends his love, his best wishes, and uh, he uh, he won't lock his door tonight. So you know, if anyone wants to pay him a visit, bam, bam, nice. He's also he's been pre-liquored up for you, so yeah, I'll send yeah. to that. Pre-juiced. <laughs> it was a good day. It was a good day. Cool, oh, oh, a follow-up to our castles episode. Why didn't we speak more about Castle Grayskull? Why, Paul? Why? Why didn't we speak more about Castle Grayskull? Yeah. Because we're not masters of Joburg. <laughs> we G.I. Joburg. <laughs> well, there you have it, my friends. That's I why. didn't want to talk about Castle Grayskull because, honestly, it is the most iconic pop culture castle in existence, and it kind of feels superfluous to talk about it. Everybody talks about Castle Grayskull. I mean, if I go into any conversation with Retro Toys, immediately the conversation gets steered to how they had so many He-Man figures and the castle. And I'm like, okay. Who did you know who had the castle? Jeez, uh, Maddie and Bradley had it. Michael Kerrigan what, had what it. Was your, what was your impression James. of the toy? I always thought it was weak source, to be very honest. Um, James. I know! It's a... It's a hollow shell. I was like, yeah. this, this should be more to it than this. And I think, to be fair, as a kid, it's, it was very seldom that you kind of encountered one that was complete. Yeah, most of the time it was just a, 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 a sculpted fold-out shell. shell. Yeah. A hole. <laughs> yeah. It opens so, up and there's, there's a cavity inside. Well, as, a, as a kid, as far as like play sets for He-Man went, I mean, I had the slime trap... And I had, I th- uh, it's like the evil, it's like a fear layer or something, something. The fright th- zone. Fright zone. I had fright zone and with the sock puppet. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. And like I had some of that stuff, and friends of mine had those, and they were more complete, and they felt more functional. And I think, I think, I, I think it was James, James or his cousins had Snake Mountain. I, I remember it as Snake Mountain. I'm not sure. To flip the script from toys ever yeah. so briefly, just to cap off my Romanian trip, 
I went to the the gigantic building uh, that the former, and this is in the the Soviet era, uh, the former leader of of Romania had built a guy called Nikolai Ceausescu, the guy Chis- who on December twenty fifth of nineteen eighty nine, he and his wife were marched in front of the the firing squad and shot. Um, mm. Christmas you know, Day. The, 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 exactly, Christmas Day, uh, like brutal mm-hmm. stuff. But I mean, this building, it is the, it's the runner-up in the Guinness Book of Records for the largest administrative building in the world, second only to the Pentagon. But let me assure you, the Pentagon has nowhere near as much marble, timber, crystal chandeliers, wow. architectural sculpting, and I mean, the sheer opulence of this building is it defies description i guess the easiest way i can give an idea of the scale of this thing is we went on a tour a foot tour guided tour through the the building uh through its various ballrooms that uh, i mean it's like a modern day xanadu (laughs) just huge 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 uh and decked out in the finest carvings and marbles and intricate designs i mean like Wow. So we went for an hour and a half walking around this building. At the end of it, the guide asked us, what percentage of the building do you think you've seen? People threw out estimates like 20%, 30%, 15%. She was like, no, 5% of My the floor space word. in an hour and a half. And it is huge. So yeah, I mean, like, there were people dying of starvation in that country. And this guy was building that. Yeah. It just defies imagination, man. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, you like all, all rational behavior, but that is that is the hallmark of 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 despots. Mm-hmm. And on that cheerful note, <laughs> I believe we were saying goodbye, and then I got distracted. So you got even more podcast out of us. <laughs> Aren't you lucky? <laughs> more than expected. Also, oh oh, let me just uh, defend myself quickly. Sorry, this has to be done. <laughs> mm. um, after our castle episode. Somebody mentioned why uh, Mr. Sunbow fan didn't mention uh, Dracula's castle from the Sunbow series. And you're right. <clears throat> that was that was a complete slip up on my part. It really, really was. I mean, <laughs> obvious. Vlad Tepes. Stephen was in Romania. I could have easily brought up Sunbow's, you know, Vlad uh, Chepes's castle. But uh, but I didn't. Shit happens. But I did mention something that I'm sure most fans don't even remember, and that was Lady J's castle, and that was so much cooler. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's me defending nice. right there. And right there. Lady J in a pink nighty. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And that episode is also famous for having a uh, Destro doing some kind of spell, which is the voice actor speaking uh, in reverse. And yeah, I'm gonna spoil it for you. He basically says, "If you can understand what I'm saying, you're a big nerd," or something like that, to that effect. No ways, great Easter egg. Oh, something cool that I'm gonna share in closing. We got a bit of YouTube praise in Japanese for Whoa. episode four of Atlantis Factor. Someone okay. wrote a comment in Japanese, which is remarkable because. Okay, not only I'm gonna take uh, take some heartfelt compliments out of this. Not only have we managed to defy the age gap uh, among Joe fans, that being the fact that our stuff is now being watched by kids, 
And that's exciting to me because, like, you know, we're a bunch of older guys appealing to a bunch of older guys. Uh, there is no future in that. But if we can hook the kids, we've achieved something. Equally, if we've gone and defied the language barrier, that's an exciting achievement. Yeah. To know that someone in Japan is watching our stuff who is not confident enough in his English to comment in English has responded to us in Japanese. I'm like, cool. He gets it even though he doesn't understand what's being said necessarily. Mm. So I'm pretty stoked about that. And we're almost at 3,000 subscribers. Dun, I, like dun, dun. I like that a lot. Mm. Oh, no, no, guys, guys. I mean, Paul, Paul. Yeah. I just, I just looked at our profile. Oh, shit. 3,001. Fuck yeah. We've got to do something cool. Oh man, it happened. It happened while we were podcasting. Is that perfect or what? That is, that couldn't have been done better. That was awesome. I mean, I'm stoked. It happened right here, listeners, right now. Before we started, we were at 2,996. We're now at 3,001. Ah, man. If I knew anyone would bother watching or listening, <laughs> I would go live right about now. I would even go as far as to suggest that if uh, maybe if, if our listeners want to celebrate our 3,000 3, subscriptions, you can all pledge a dollar. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that that will get us. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Well, look, three thousand, whatever. I mean, is it significant? Is it not? Should we place any significance on these things? I don't Hell know. Yeah. But like, a ever thousand. since we started doing these fun story style reviews, our our subscriptions, subscription number has steadily climbed. It hasn't stagnated. It's like people hitting that button because they want to see more. And I'm like, that's that's some real encouragement right there. And I, yeah. Yeah, G.I. Joburg, man. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I love doing this stuff because it seems like it's found its market. Thanks, guys. Anyone listening to these words, you are part of our core group. You are G.I. Joburg. Joburg. And um, being part of our core group, what do you guys think would be cool for us to do to celebrate 3,000 subscribers? Let us know on Facebook. Let us know on Facebook or via email. We're dying to hear. Not from everyone you. likes Facebook. Uh, Twitter will do. Mm. Cujo will field all your uh, Twitter messages. Uh, I'm on the Facebook uh, world. Uh, Paul, you can find via Instagram. Yeah. Uh, or if you want to email us, I'm checking the email address more regularly these days because it's linked to the GoFundMe. We are to be found at a real South African hero, one word, at gmail.com. So uh, hit us up. And yeah, with that, uh, I don't think there's anything else that's cool that we can say. Just keep an eye open this week for some new G.I. Joburg content on YouTube and Instagram. It's going to be coming in uh, hot and heavy, at least for most of May. Um, I suspect in June we might get a little bit tied up with trying to get everything ready for JoeCon. But uh, rest assured, we'll still try to do cool stuff. Paul, has this been the longest goodbye ever?
It has been the longest goodbye ever. Thankfully, hopefully it's not the last one. <laughs> you guys have been subjected to the wordiest members of this podcast group. So sorry. <laughs> Paul, Paul and Steve. Ah, oh, no, it's all good. That's all we do, man. We just sit, we talk. We talk about toys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 3,001 subs, baby. Yeah. I like my music, music. I like my... Music! Oh man, that reminds me. Once upon a time, <laughs> Rob and I were playing with our G.I. Joe action figures on top of my brother's counter, and he's got a cool, like, hi fi system on that counter, which we used as, like, the enemy nerve center, like, computer terminal. Like, and like the enemy command. <laughs> uh, like the what? Like a Contra boss. You have them running and, like, what? shooting up at, like, the, the volume knobs and stuff. Totally. There were guys. There were guys on top of the like the towers of the speakers. There were guys on top of the like the the LP at the top deck. Um, but we had the main commander like walk up to the console and hit a button, and Rob right on cue, fucking Joker. I like my music, music. I like my music, music. I like my music, music. I like my music. <laughs> I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. What a class act. Oh dear. Oh, now that we got that stuck in everybody's head. <laughs> yeah. Once again, the play out is piece of cake. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Paul. And when you move your body, wanna move it nice and sweet and sexy. Alright? Woman, you're cute. How you doing?